When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me bang I do let you bang. Let me bang you, Jesus. Let you bang. 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 For your favorite mixed martial arts podcast, recording out of Los Angeles, California, it's MMA Roasted with Adam Hunter. Who the fuck is that guy? What's up, people? We got a brand new MMA Roasted podcast here. Sean has his TV behind him. Uh, yeah, except my blur's on. I'm trying to figure out why my blur is on. How do I turn that off? Because it's Roadhouse. <laughs> Uh, I don't think we can play Roadhouse. I think that the whole show might be like, if you play in the background, they might take the whole thing off. With my big head? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Well, though. just know Roadhouse is on in the background. So. Roadhouse is one of those movies, though, you could watch at any time. If it's on, I'm watching it. Like Every that. time, dude. It, I know every line of the movie. Like I know every single line, and I still watch it. I don't know why. It's odd. Is my audio any better? I've got a microphone and headphones this week, so I'm hoping my audio is better than it has been. But I don't it's know. way better. In fact, you've inspired me. I also have one downstairs. I just haven't put it up. Uh, but I think after this week, I'm actually going to start like I might build an actual studio in my house because I'm like, yeah. let's just let's just compete, right? Uh, you might wait and uh, you might wait and see. I'm sure there's some thick boy studio space coming up for rent here pretty soon. With everything I've been hearing, I've been hearing uh, Brian Talon's leaving. Theo already left Shab. Everybody's leaving Shab. It's a. Uh, did you know he's been telling everybody I drive an Uber? He said I'm the world's funniest Uber driver. That's what he keeps telling people. And uh, so I went ahead and signed up for Uber. Like I figured, why not? I might as well make some money, right? And the first uh, the first request I get is from Brendan Shab for a ride, but uh, he didn't ask for Uber Comfort or Uber XL. He asked for a uh, Uber with uh, like a famous celebrity comedian's coattails in the back, so he could ride. He wanted to ride their coattails. So I yes. said uh, I, cu- I couldn't pick him up. So Uber, Uber Rogan, Uber Rogan. Yeah, um, right. That's awesome. Uh, my all right. So that all right. So that we got out of the way. We got our shower jokes out of the way. Uh, although I know start anyway. Two hundred thousand people <laughs> that, that that like that love this. You're the CEO of the of the homeless cast or something. Is that what's going on? I, w- I was yeah. Like Ariel Hawani took uh, he took my spot for a little while because he went off on uh, Brendan Shaw. He did like a forty five minutes straight destroying Brendan Shaw's whole life on the air. So he became the new CEO, but, uh, they, they name a new one. I like to consider myself CFO at very least, but, um, it, I did the improv last week, I had Friday night, 10 o'clock show. And it's just like, it's one of those things, man, you do all these like fucking hell gigs, like around town, every bar, Mexican restaurant, every place where they don't know there's a comedy show beforehand, people are just showing up and then a comedy show gets. So then when you do the improv, it's like, I don't know, maybe, maybe to me, it was like, you know, like it's like running with weights on your legs and then you take them off and you could just fly. Dude, right. I was like, I was on cloud nine. My wife was sleeping. 
I woke her up and I'm like, you checked the neighborhood app? And she's like, what happened? I'm like, there was a murder downtown. She's like, who? I'm like, me at the improv. <laughs> Dude, she rolled her eyes and went back to bed so fucking fast. I bet. It, uh, it reminds me of a time. It's a long story how I ended up in uh, Mexico with a narcotics trafficking lawyer. But uh, I did one time on accident. And uh, Wait, hold on. Tell the story. <laughs> it's uh i used to have a appliance recycling business and electronics recycling i would ship stuff to mexico right to these guys that would import it and apparently wash drug money i don't know i don't know what they were doing so i got the bright idea if i could get them to mexico myself i could triple what i'm paying you know these guys are paying for them not realizing that they're able to triple the money because they're washing drug money i thought they were actually hey they're selling used washers for 300 dollars a piece down there broken like i didn't realize right. yeah, i was yeah. young you know i was like oh well, i can get it if i can get them across the border i can sell them for 300 instead of Forty dollars, you know. So I go down there. I hired this Mexican lawyer who I agreed to pay him a thousand dollars a week, and he told me a story about how he used to work for the drug cartels. Used to, um, but he used to work for the drug cartels, and he said that he got a he won a case. The guy gave him one hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus cash in American dollars, you know. And he lived in Mexico, and he said I was gone in six weeks. I said, "How did you spend that much money in six weeks?" He said he hired a mariachi band to follow him around twenty four hours a day and play <laughs> theme music like everywhere he went just to play theme music, you know? And I was like, he said like, while I slept, they played while I like everything. And I was like, well, that couldn't have been 150 grand. He goes, well, the rest was cocaine and whores. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, okay. But that makes sense. But anyway, so I decided it'd be a good idea to hire him as my lawyer to get the appliances across. <laughs> Meanwhile, he never tells me, I mean, I signed a power of attorney over to him and everything. After a while that I didn't know, I couldn't go on a cruise because the Mexican government, I was wanted in Mexico because he had been not paying taxes on appliances he was crossing on my permit because he had power of attorney is crazy. But uh, after, after we agreed to the job, I was young, but after we agreed to the job terms, he says to me on text message, I hope you can trust me or hope you know you can trust me. And I said, Andreas, buddy, if at this point in my life, I can't trust a Mexican lawyer who used to work for a drug cartel, who can I trust, you know? And he was like, exactly. Like he didn't understand you know, the <laughs> sarcasm. And uh, anyway, long story short, we end up in a bar in Mexico in Guadalajara because uh, we were looking for an importer down there because the further south you go in Mexico, apparently the more drug money they can wash. I don't know. I thought they were like, you guys are really going to pay you $300 for a used refrigerator. Okay. Like I didn't, I really still didn't understand what was going on, you know? So I'm down there talking to these guys. Next thing I know, he wants to take me out to see a real mariachi band and we're watching him and he drinks more than I've ever seen any person drink. And well, he, love in my life. Band. he loves mariachi. Yeah, something about, he starts with the, ah, ha, ha, like after every, you know, like, line they sing so afterward uh we start to go back to the hotel i think and we're driving and it's taken way longer to get back to the hotel than it took to get there to the bar you know and i was like hey andres where are we going buddy and uh he was like oh you'll see i was like no no i, I just want to go back to the hotel man like yeah. we're gonna fly out tomorrow morning i don't i don't want to i don't want to go anywhere and he goes oh you don't want to get your dick sucked my friend like he said that and i said well as great as that sounds andres you're not my type which he really <laughs> loves and he tells the driver that the driver's cracking up. So I was like, dude, I'm serious. I want to go back to the, I want to go back to the yeah. hotel. Like, and he goes, he goes, well, hold on. We're just going to make one stop. We stop as God is my witness. We stop at a warehouse in what looks like a Brazilian favela, even though we're in Mexico. Uh, there's two guys with mini 14s standing out front, like the machine guns, like stand out front as guards. And uh, he gets out, trips and falls on his way out of the car, gets up and flips them both right up in their faces like that, like flips them both off. And says, I am a federal judge. I'll put you and your whole family in prison. He's and they don't speak English. He's saying this in English, even though he's right. Mexican, right? He's apparently when he's drunk, he only speaks English. 
and he's cussing them out and stuff. And I'm like, dude, these dudes are not, they're kind of dudes you can tell they're not playing around, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But they're a little leery of him because he's acting so bold. They're kind of like, we got machine guns and this guy's acting like he's running the town, you know? So I got out and I, I spoke a little Spanish and I told him, listen, I'm sorry. I tell the guys, I said, get back in the car. And he goes, no, I'm going to get my dick sucked. I got mad and I like bitch slapped him. I mean, like open hand as hard as I could hit him. It knocks him completely out. Like he goes completely out and just crumples onto the ground. And so then I'm like, told the guys, I'm sorry. Again, I pick him up by like his belt and his shirt and put him in the back of the car. Right. Like, and he's knocked completely out. Mm-hmm. I get in and now the taxi driver wants to know where we want to go. And the guys with the machine guns are just staring at me, shaking their heads like that. They ask where I want to go. And I'm like holiday in. And he's like a witch. He keeps asking me like, Paul, you know, anyway, long story short, we didn't get back there for like three hours. It was terrifying, but we got to guess. All right. We got Dustin Jacoby <laughs> on uh, fresh off a huge win. Uh, looked great. First round knockout. Now he's, he's golfing in a tornado. Um, how's how's it going, man? What's up, man? Everything's going really well. I am golfing. It did get super windy here, uh, and, and I think there's some horizon, but we're going to be dancing in that golf game's going pretty good. I'm three over after ten holes. Can't complain, and and the beers are flowing, man. So we're having a great time. Did you get one scratch on you your last fight? I didn't get one scratch, man. I took a couple of hits that I, I certainly didn't feel them, but I knew I was in a fight, and uh, I couldn't have come out better. Uh, unscathed, first-round TKO, uh, very happy, less than a moment's time, 82 seconds. Wow. And, uh, yeah, man, it was a great time. Yeah, Did you get the bonus? I got the bonus, too. So, I, you know, I told Danny, he put me on there, if you don't know, now you know. And anytime you highlight, if you don't know, now you know, and that that fighter delivers, you got to think they're getting the bonus. And I was able to do that. Uh, the other fighter he highlighted got the bonus as well. So, yeah, man, we're, we're, we're living good right now. I was so happy for you, man. I mean, all your fights are so exciting. There was one fight that I was so frustrated, though, because you were down two rounds to nothing, and you hurt the guy. You had him hurt, and then you went for a takedown. Yeah, that was my last fight. So so let me describe that. So I'm down, and, and meanwhile, I'm 15, 20 seconds away from arguably winning the second round. I got dropped for 15 seconds left in the second round. I come out the third round. I'm, I Mind you, I'm not all clear. I'm not, I'm not quite there. I've been rocked a couple times in the fight. And, yeah, I had him down, and, and uh, I tried I tried to take down. I know tons of people hated it. I feel bad. It sucks, but you got to remember, I wasn't thinking quite clearly. Uh, and yeah, man, but we've moved on from that. We we got, you know, you're only as good as your last fight. My last fight was fantastic. So yes, I'll well, no, it. you're. I don't believe that you're only as good as your last fight. You're only as good as as good as you are. And you're you're amazing. You're you're a glory star. You're 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 a UFC star. You're now ranked, right? Yeah, I've been I've been ranked to like the last four or five fights. I've been defending my spot the whole time. The entire time I've been ranked, I've never fought somebody ahead of me. So I'm hoping that this time I'll fight somebody ahead of me. The division's wide open. Now, uh, Chris Camozzi trains with you, right? Yeah, not anymore, man. Chris and I are still buddies. We're very tight. He unfortunately left our gym at Factory Labs. He, he, he's pursuing his own avenue. He's got his own guys he trains and more power to him. But unfortunately, Chris and I no longer train together. But he's still my boy. You think it's his hot girlfriend that did this? That hot chick? I, I don't think so. And more power to him, man. The guy, the guy, he's the man. He's got a beautiful girlfriend. Those guys are a power couple. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to party with them. We'll be meeting up with them soon enough. 
He's fighting the uh, the BKFC champion, the guy who's like the the man. Uh, yeah, well, he's fighting the champ, so he's fighting the title. He's going to go win that title. I guarantee Endeavor. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be in Hawaii celebrating my 10-year wedding anniversary with my wife. So I'm going to miss that fight, but we'll definitely be tuned in. Congratulations. So this uh, week, uh, Sean, I don't know about the fights this week. Uh, UFC fights uh, this week. By the way, you're here with Sean McCorkle, the guy who. Okay, what's up, Sean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I what's know up, buddy? Yeah. What's up, bro? How you doing? What's up? Uh, he just said his 10-year anniversary. I was thinking he was like 26 years old. I was thinking, man, did you get married young? I didn't realize. You know, I just looked it up. I am 35, man, and I did get married young. My, my wife and I have been together 16, 17 years now. So, yeah, it's been good. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember being married uh, once. I was. I got married when I was nineteen. I was married for thirteen years, and six months of it wasn't bad. So, it, uh, <laughs> it worked out. But, uh, now, how you yeah. doing these days, man? How you doing, Sean? You, you living good? Uh, no, I'm. I'm terrible. But I, I mean, uh, I've got. Uh, <laughs> got severe back issues i need a shoulder replacement i need like i basically uh i'm like uh anakin skywalker in uh when they found him burn up after obi-wan kenobi uh burn okay. him and cut his arms off and stuff yeah i need a whole new spine a new body and every doctor you go to thinks you're a drug addict no matter how much you're paying even if you're going out of the country even if you're going to get stem cells they think you're a drug addict you're just like okay dude i, I don't know what to tell you you know um, but uh, no, I, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. As soon as I see former fighter, and for some reason being white, it plays against you, which is weird. I had a doctor tell me, "Well, you fit the profile of a drug seeker." I'm like, "Because I'm white? That doesn't seem doesn't seem right." Yeah, like, you know? What the hell does that mean? Yeah, he said uh, he said a white uh, make kid, a white performer pro athlete in his late 30s. I was like, okay, I didn't know those were the I didn't know those were the drug abusers. John, so. you're really uplifting this interview, man. Uh, <laughs> Appreciate, appreciate it. Me and Dustin are on opposite ends of the spectrum right now. He's still in the fun part of life. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I got that to look forward to. Thanks, Josh, for telling right, me. Yeah. <laughs> With any luck, you'll be divorced in a couple of years, and your body will stop working. So yeah, it sounds about right. I, I, I'm checking. He's a demotivational speaker right here. I know you guys are thinking, Adam, how do you have so much energy? You just go, 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 go. I'll tell you. Our next partner is AG One which is the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. Now I gave AG one a try because I was feeling run down. I'm like, ugh, can't do this with the kid and the wife and the career and just nonstop go, go, go. But I'm telling you, I am feeling so great. I got, I got a boost in energy. I, I, I feel better. Uh, my support system in my body, just, it just, it, it tastes great. And I feel great. And I drink AG1 in the morning before working out, doing my fight camp, and it makes me feel unstoppable, ready to take on the whole day. Come on, day. Bring it. Bring it, people. Okay? So I support this. I'm all for it. Okay? A lot of our athletes drink AG1. Okay? Uh, and Because I know it's important for, for these fighters to take care of their bodies, not including Kelvin Gastelum. I'm kidding. Kelvin does it too. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need, from your supplement routine, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five, that's right, five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash MMA roasted. That's drinkag1.com forward slash MMA roasted. Check it out. Um, <laughs> now this week it's the weirdest fight card I've ever seen. They have RDA versus Luke as the as the main event. 
Um, you know, RDA is coming off a win over Brian Barbarena. Luke is coming off a two-fight losing streak. He lost to Jeff Neal and Bilal Muhammad. Who wins this fight, Dustin Jacoby? No, you know what? I think I'm going to go with Luke just for it. He set me up. I think I'm going to go Luke uh, You know, I'm a big fan of RDA, but I think that he's just a, little, a step ahead right now in his career, even though coming off the two losses. We're going to find out. It's a beautiful thing about fighting because we're going to see. We're going to see. Sean? I can't disagree with him, man. He's obviously following them a lot closer than I am. So, uh, like, I know I know both guys. I've seen them both fight, but I couldn't tell you to match up who would uh, – who would be, uh, you know, the favorite? But uh, Dustin's still in the game, so I'm sure he knows. Uh, actually, back when I when I was fighting, it was easier because there was only like a hundred fighters total in the UFC, so you pretty much knew all of them. You know what I mean? But yeah, now there's like right. seven hundred of them now, right? And six hundred ninety of them making ten and ten. So um, it's uh, <laughs> part of the problem. Did you see, did you guys see that uh, George Masvidal his uh, bare knuckle? I saw the other day his bare knuckle MMA. Uh, Promotion is paying entry card level fighters twelve and twelve, so he's yeah, paying more just, than the UFC. Just, just to slap something on UFC, that's crazy. Uh, dude, twelve and twelve, and it was an entry level fight against a nineteen and ten fighter. I thought, dude, what are you guys paying for? Like, ma like main card, you know? Like, it's crazy, but I don't know. it's crazy, man. And I hope, I hope, you know, fighter pay is getting elevated. I hope, obviously, it continues to get elevated, and we just need big guys to push. I think McGregor's been good for the sport. Yeah, I see that lawsuit just been filed. Uh, hopefully, you know that. We'll see what happens. Of course, we all want to make more money, and uh, that is the ultimate goal. Well, Dustin, I'll get. I'll let you get back to going. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'll tell you what, some, some lightning hits us right by us right now. Hey, all before right. I leave, I want you guys to see this real quick. I got yeah. a little plot. I don't know how to switch this over. My man Jeff, Jeff Clear, you're gonna show him this plot. I've got a part plot. I said I was going to get 16 of them today. I'm going to put you guys live on one right now. I haven't got to read it that well. Uh, I hope it goes in. Let's see this. If you're listening on the radio or watching Dustin play golf. Oh, oh so close. So close, man. But you know what? I said I was going to get 16. I think I'm tracking for 15 now. So we're going to see. Ah. That's awesome. Now I can watch you bomb at two sports. Dude, that was uh, <laughs> for sure, man. <laughs> well, congratulations on everything, man. You're kicking some ass. I can't wait to see you fight again and have a good weekend, brother. I, I sure do appreciate you guys. It was a good time. I, I'd love to get on again when we have a little more time and I'm not stuck out here in the goddamn tornado. I'm about to lose my hat. <laughs> yes, yes, be safe, brother. Be safe. Good seeing you, man. Thank you, boys. Thank you. Yep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it always cracks me up when guys like him even know who I am. Like, I just assume nobody knows who I am. Like I had a, I had a, who was it? Um, oh my gosh. Uh, real famous Pedro Hizzo. Do you remember him? He's from the old days. Yeah. yeah Pedro Hizzo came up and introduced himself to me at a fight one time and it blew my mind. I was like, I can't believe Pedro Hizzo even knows who I am. You know what I mean? Like that was a uh, same thing. Kevin Randleman followed me on Twitter one day and it was the actual Kevin Randleman. And I was like, dang, Kevin Randleman actually knows who I am. That is insane to me because it, I didn't grow up watching him so much because UFC didn't come out till I was like 17. So, I mean, I kind of grew up, you know, watching UFC. So I was a little bit older. But, uh, yeah, guys like that are still like I talk to Mark Coleman sometimes and it blows my mind that I know Mark Coleman, you know, because oh, yeah. like, he was, uh, you know, that was back when I was he was fighting when I was 18, 19 years old and didn't even never. I always thought I'd be good at fighting, but I never thought I'd have the balls to do it, you know.
And then uh turns out it was a terrible idea and it's ruined my life. But other than that, no, um, it did not ruin your life. We're not gonna ruin be my dead. back, I guess. Not so. your back. Mark Coleman, I think, has a real boxing match coming up in celebrity boxing. And he's, yeah. fighting, he's fighting somebody really good. Like he's fighting like I, a, I think it's a former a former wrestler, I think college wrestler, because he said he would he would box another wrestler. I think he's just using because I, I talked to him off and on. I think he's just using his motivation because dude, there's nothing that'll motivate you like being afraid about getting your ass kicked on TV. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping it's not a guy that's a big puncher or anything. And I hope it's an older guy, but, uh, he has gone, man, he got sober. Um, he, uh, he, I think he's been sober two years now. His body, I don't know if you've seen him. He's lost like 70 or 80 pounds. He's got abs again. Like he is in phenomenal shape. That's doing how tough, the, uh, how tough he is. His daughters are like really good looking and they're like right. 20 or something. And they're always wearing like tight pants. And every comment is like, seems like you have a nice family. <laughs> that's how tough right. <laughs> Instagram, people say the most fucked up things. People are very respectful to Mark Holman's daughter. He's got man. He's got one of his daughters is a clone of her mom. I don't know if you've, you've seen the Smashing Machine, obviously with uh, yeah. Mark Kerr's story. Coleman's on there, and his wife is on there, and she's talking about how she didn't like him fighting and this and that. Yeah. I don't know what their relationship is now, but I saw when I saw him on Facebook with his daughter, I thought, man, his wife hasn't aged a day. That's crazy. And I realized it was, it was his daughter. I mean, she's, I think 16 or 17, but she's young, but she is a twin of his wife. Like at that time in that movie, man, it's crazy, but no, he's got abs now, man. He has lost, he's doing the liver King diet. He's, he's lost like 70 pounds and, uh, has stuck with it. He's sober and, uh, really, uh, yeah, he's, but he's dude, I'll tell you a one. good boxer. I'm not kidding. Let me see who he's fighting. Are you sure? I thought it was another, I thought this was another former collegiate wrestler. No, it was somebody who, uh, who like, unfortunately might kill him. Um, I hope that's not true, man. Cause he's, he's uh what he's got to be 60 or close to it, man. He's 12 boxing. years older than me. So Mark Coleman announces Montel Griffin. I've heard that name for sure. Montel Griffin he, is the guy that think, like fought Roy Jones a couple times. Uh, at, I think, and like did well against Roy Jones. Montel. Yeah, God, man. He's a, yeah. Former pro WCC. <laughs> Former WBC light heavyweight title holder. So that's not good. Yeah. Like he should not be fighting this guy. Like, uh, yeah, I didn't know that, man. I thought uh, when they talked about it, they kept saying it was a wrestler. I, man, I must be crazy. I, I kept, they kept saying like former Olympic wrestler. Maybe they're talking about Coleman, but I, like uh, yeah. I thought I kept seeing them. Say Montel Griffin. Wrestler. I mean, that's not a good fight for Mark Coleman. Montel, I mean, you know, I was thinking about that. We'll talk about Nate Paul, Jake, Paul, Nate Diaz, Nate Paul, Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul first. <laughs> is uh, you know, that fight. I'm just happy that Jake didn't get knocked out in the first round. That's how it looked like he was gonna get killed in the first round. And I was like, no, please don't yeah. stop. Him. And then every round after that was like a win for Nate Diaz. And I also yeah. see what a finish the guillotine. Like anybody else, <laughs> anybody else, you would have been like, that's bullshit. This is cheap. It's cheating. If Nate Diaz would have just left him like dead in the middle and not like, you know, passed out, everyone would have celebrated. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there was a, something in the contract that said if he submitted him or did anything like that, he he didn't get paid. I'm sure there was something, uh, you yeah. know, something in there because uh, or through a leg kick or something. I'm sure he would have been penalized heavily. I would and think. I heard he made 10 to 15 million dollars for this. Which that doesn't surprise me is incredible. I mean, good for him. But then I started thinking, I'm like, why is Jake Paul beating all these UFC guys? And I'm like, well, essentially, what it is is like a college wrestler. Jake Paul is essentially going to college for boxing because he's basically a college wrestler. And any pretty much 90 percent 
99% of the D1 college wrestlers would beat guys in the UFC at straight wrestling. Um, right. Unless you're wrestling another college wrestler. I'm not talking about if you're wrestling Bo Nickel, right. you know, Bubba Jenkins, and you know, but who's in the PFL. But so essentially what he's doing is he's essentially he's boxing. He's essentially what he is is a college wrestler the equivalent of that in boxing and just beating guys in boxing. And he's also doing it 30 pounds heavier. Like That's, like, the, that, that, that's the big thing, man. He's beating these guys. He's Jake is walking around probably 215. Yeah. Nate's probably walking around 180. So it's like, it's not uh he's 30 pounds heavier than these guys. He's picking old guys and age does matter, man. When I was fighting, um, they, it was funny. When I was fighting Christian Warcraft. People asked me what I thought. I said, I think he's just like me, but 15 years younger. That's what I think. You know what I mean? And I said, he doesn't get tired. So I, I that's what I privately told people. If I watch him fight, it looks just like me fighting, except he doesn't get tired, you know, cause he's 22 years old, you know? And so there's something to be said for it. But Jake is, uh, I mean, when you dedicate yourself, he says he's only been boxing three years. That can't be right because I know I've been watching his fights longer than yeah, that. Like four or so, five years. I mean, yeah, is there anybody he, though that could beat him in boxing in the UFC? <laughs> Uh, I think I think there's several current guys that could, but not 155 pound fighters. You know what I mean, or whatever right. that are going to beat him uh, right. doing that, and guys that have never boxed. But he got. I mean, I got to give him credit, man. I thought it was just a, a sideshow, like he was just a clown. But he actually can box, man. If you see him on the pads, that doesn't always matter, but it does show your athleticism and the uh, smoothness. And he's got that. He's got really good coordination. I'm not sure that he wouldn't beat Nate in MMA. To be honest with you, really? man, I don't know that. I don't know that Nate could take him down. Uh, if he's as good a wrestler as they claim he is, you know, like because Nate's no, not a good not, wrestler. So. He was a good high school wrestler, uh, pretty good. Uh, he didn't wrestle in college. If he did for maybe a year in junior college or something, I do, I think that the only if way he goes he, to the ground, I think he loses for sure. But I'm saying if he can keep it from going to the ground, it the only be a way problem. is if Nate has like the bravado that's like I'm going to keep it standing. That's the yeah, only way. and even that with leg kicks. I mean, can he check? Right. But Nate really isn't known for his leg kicks. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's not known for takedown or leg kicks, but um, it also depends on what weight it's at. Are they going to fight at 195 or like the boxing match was, or are they fighting at 155? You know, like it's. Uh, well, you can't make 170. So it, have to be, it would have to be 85. Yeah. And you know what Nate said was true. After the fight, Nate said he still thinks he'd win in boxing if they would have gone 15 rounds or 20 instead of 10. You know, he yeah. said if they would have kept going, uh, that was the first time I've ever seen Nate look really tired during a fight. And he looked tired in the second round to me. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure. I don't think he wasn't in shape. I don't know exactly what it was, but it's uh, it, he looked tired. He looked more tired to, than Jake did to me, which really, really surprised. Me. That was the biggest, uh, biggest surprise. Uh, to me. So I've been off Adderall for two weeks. I've not, not taken an Adderall, um, and uh, I have. But you're sleeping better, huh? I am sleeping better, but I have been forgetting things like like yeah. <laughs> wallets, keys, like you know. That's the thing. But I do feel more creative. I do feel funnier. Uh, I did this like bit thing with Big Boy. I don't know who Big Boy is. He's like this big radio guy. I did a pilot for him, and it was like a roast battle. I did the other day. I and, think there's a lot of big boys out there, but I probably would know him if I saw him. There's a lot of people like using a, that thing. Huge radio personality in, in California. Like he's like one of the yeah. big big boys neighborhood. If you live in California, you know who Big Boy is. Uh so I that was that was cool. And it's just been hard because my wife and her my wife and my daughter are born one day apart. It's kind of screws up my wife a little bit because her birthday right. her her you know, her birthday is the seventh, my wife is the eighth. So we've been playing these parties and my daughter wants an LOL surprise party. Her, like uh, that's her cartoon <laughs> is LOL. So we're having a fashion show downstairs with the kids. They have a girl, <laughs> a lady doing makeovers for the kids. Like I'm like, 
What four-year-old needs makeovers? But okay, right. Uh, and then we have an, they had they hired a nine-year-old DJ called <laughs> DJ Disco. Uh, he's coming with his dad. He's uh, been in the game for years. <laughs> he's been he's been doing it since he was six. We have you know we have four, we have four bunnies back there. So we have a lady. Why was the bunny? So we're having a whole party. And then I got my my wife uh, a cake, a birthday cake with the whole family on it. You know they can make pictures on cakes. But right. then she's like, well, why is your picture on? It's not your birthday. So I had to. <laughs> I, so then I went and like they said that the picture was wrong anyway. So I got like a picture with just them two. But then as they were blowing out the candles, my daughter started yelling at my wife, going, "Why are you blowing out the candles? It's not your birthday. Yours is tomorrow." So <laughs> a little bit of karma coming back around, huh? <laughs> I'd have told her. If she asked why my picture was on, I was like, oh, they they insist you include the person paying for the party and the uh, cake be included in the picture. So my wife's paying for it too. She has a she she works for <laughs> she has a great job. Um, but it's one of those things also like dude, so I'm going to New York uh because we I haven't spent Thanksgiving with my family in like five years. Like like we have cousins my daughter, my my kid met once, you know. And it's also I told you about my friend who I didn't talk for 20 years because I didn't go to his wedding. I th- when I moved up to LA, I couldn't afford to go to, go to his wedding. I didn't have any money. I was like right. stripping for money. Uh, and I right. only left one bachelorette party uh, because I don't know if you know the story, but I dressed up as a cop and it was like downtown LA. And I think the Mexican <laughs> I thought I was like a real cop. But, but, th- and then I had my, my like radio and the CD that I picked was like, that's what I call music seven, right? It was right. like, it was terrible. <laughs> so then I started giving lap dance to these girls in a circle. And then they got me in the circle and put on some kind of like mariachi music and then went to town on me. I'm not going to put details. Right. And it, but it was like, the most. but after that, I, ha- I had to quit because it was the most fun I've ever had in my life. Oh, one of them. I'm like, this is, <laughs> is going to get me nowhere in life. Uh, that was, uh, I'd, that'd be odd. The Mexicans going to town on the police for a change. That would be, uh, <laughs> be that's not, it's not, not, you don't see that every day. So at the time I couldn't afford to go to my friend's wedding because I only made a hundred dollars for that bachelorette party. Uh, so now, right. My friend's like, hey, will you come to my we, – we reconnected. We're best friends again. He's like, hey, come to my daughter's bar, bar mitzvah in, in New York. But then my wife's like – we got. she's like, well, how come we're going on a trip, but we don't go to trips that I want to go to? We never did our honeymoon. And this and that. So I'm like, oh, where do you want to go? She's like, either Thailand or Santa Barbara. I'm like, okay, it's a, it's a little different. I'm, I'm like, but I'm like, why do you want to go to Thailand? And my daughter's like, she wants to see an elephant. I'm like, we could go to the zoo. And see elephants. Right. You know, at the LA Zoo. By the way, the LA Zoo, the animals all live in tents. They're all homeless. It's it's the most saddest zoo. <laughs> they're on fat. They're all, sure. Like you don't want to go to the LA Zoo. It's a fucking. It's, right. it's de- it's depressing. There's like gang. There's gangs in there. Anyway, uh, are you sure it's the zoo you've been going to, and not just like Fifth Street or whatever it is down there? <laughs> sounds like it sounds like you took a wrong turn. So yeah, the San Diego Zoo is amazing. I've heard. I don't know. It is. San Diego is good. And then last night, I, I I had tickets to go see Smashing Pumpkins and Stone Temple Pilots, right? So I, I went to, I went to that concert. By the way, STP, you know, so Scott Weiland died. He had a drug over it. It was amazing, the STP, the singer. So they replaced him, right? It's weird when they replace the lead singer of <laughs> the band but have the same name. I right. Mean, I mean, at least he died. Like Journey, the guy's still alive. They have a, just a Filipino karaoke guy, and everyone's like, it's Journey, right? Which is... But this guy um, is a uh, this guy like I guess he was on the X Factor a couple times, and he looked like he was auditioning to play the part. Like he didn't seem like like you know that Scott Weiland would have hated him. 
He was the most miserable fucking guy ever, lead singer. (laughs) Like, just a miserable human being, drug addict. And, you know, he would have... That's how fucked up Guns N' Roses was, was that they replaced Axl Rose with Scott Weiland when they got Velvet Revolver. (laughs) When you're like... Like, how fucked up is Axl Rose when Scott Weiland's the guy? Like, yo, this is the guy that's gonna... Anyway, so we went to the band, and it was... uh, it was weird because everyone else was like old in the band, except for this dude, who who the guy from the X Factor. But uh I, I mean he did good. He did good and uh especially Pompey was put on a great show. Um but uh I always wonder what happened, like if Van Halen left Van Halen, is it still Van Halen? You know what I mean? Since he doesn't sing, he just plays the guitar like it uh we went to a, a Chicago concert one time, uh ironically in Chicago, but um it was uh I, I brought a sign that said where's Satara? on it and uh they wouldn't let me in with it like oh a big poster God. board sign i just wanted to hold it up and hopefully get it on camera where we're satara but they had a guy that sounded just like peter satara singing with them but same deal he's 30 years younger but has peter satara's voice you know so he uh when i saw, when I saw oasis right you know how they it's not it's not them it's just noel and liam they hate each other the brothers right like they hate each other and then the other the black crows hate each other and they went on tour and called it the brotherly love tour and the brothers all hated each other <laughs> right were they all there though yeah, yeah, yeah. They all they did were, go. They weren't talking yeah. to each other. So I, Noel Gallagher's on stage, and I guess uh, Dave Grohl had a petition to get Oasis back together. And he put it online. So someone yelled out during his set. The guy would play all Noel Gallagher bands. No one gave a fuck about any of the songs. They play Oasis. Right. Everyone went crazy. I'm just like. So anyway, he, he, he the guy goes up there, and someone's like, Dave Grohl. And he goes, Dave Grohl could suck my dick. He's like. They've had they have a petition to bring back Oasis. He's like, I'm starting a petition to break up the Foo Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. You know, I didn't know when I saw Dave Grohl as an old man. I didn't realize he was the guitarist from Nirvana. Like, I didn't know they were the same person. I was like, that guy looks the drummer. Or, that's what it was. Yeah, drummer. I was like, that guy looks like so familiar. I don't know from where. And then uh, my Robin told me later on. She said, that's the same guy. And I was like, oh, now it's I get the same it. Same man. They just like, turn around. Yeah. You ever see where, uh, where, what's his name? The guy from, uh, the guy that looks like Will Ferrell. I can't remember who he's a drummer for Chad, somebody, he looks just like Will Ferrell and people yell out Will Ferrell and he actually gets mad about it. Even though he went on the tonight show with Will Ferrell and had a drum off because they look so much like each other. You know what I'm talking about? The guy that looks just like Will Ferrell, the drummer. Um, I don't know. Uh, his name is oh, Chad something. Um, but people yell out Will Ferrell and he try he like just will stop in the middle of a concert and start screaming at him for saying Will Ferrell, like getting mad about it. like, dude, you went on the tonight show and did a drum off with Will Ferrell because you look just like Will Ferrell. Like, how are you gonna be getting mad about it? Did the guy from Stained. And then I told you when I when I went to go see Conor McGregor when he beat Chad Mendez, I went by myself. Uh, because I, I was in Vegas the night before and I got one somebody on the underground was selling a ticket for five dollars. And everyone thought he was full of shit. Really? It was like right? everyone was like, "I'm like, I'll buy it." And then he's like, "Okay." And the guy actually sent me the ticket for five dollars. Shout out to that yeah, guy. Really. I went by myself. I stayed at the um, Circus Circus, which was the biggest. I mean, there were people like there was there was like outline of chocolate. like a circus, <laughs> dude. It was the worst circus. By the way, my friend, my friend Tony Tone, he actually I haven't seen him in years. I saw him last week. He left to go join the Black Circus. Uh, they call it like <laughs> they call it the Soul Circus. And <laughs> so, oh and, I, and then so I'm sitting there, and it's like I'm the only white guy. It's like this guy Tony Roberts and uh, like uh, all these black comedians. And Tony Tone walks in, 
I go, Tony, I haven't seen you since you joined the black circus. Right. And everyone was dying, but I'm not thinking I was kidding. Like, right. But I, he was the ringmaster of the black circus. And then everyone, <laughs> everyone had a joke about it. Like it starts three hours late and they were all just like, you know, it was like baby mama. I had a few jokes myself when you said it, but I stopped myself each. By the way, that was Chad Smith from uh, the what's the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who looks oh, like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, looks yeah. like Will Ferrell. But yeah, the black so the black circus is actually a circus or it's a comedy troupe. No, it's called the, it's called the Soul Circus, but they, okay. they call it the Black Circus. And my friend right. was the ringmaster. For but the it's black an actual circus. circus. Yeah, it's an actual circus. Okay. It's just with like black. What is a circus, by the way? Like, I don't know if I've ever been to the circus. Is that like the state fair, but with animal? No, it's like they have like clowns and Ringling Brothers, and you know they they have people flying around on trampes, and then they 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 used to have elephants and tigers. Do they fight bulls? Nobody fights bulls there, right? No, no, that's not. That's not. not, No, the circus is fun. We went. I went to the water circus last week. I took my kid. It's like a circus, but they do water tricks. But then we sat in the front and we got we got drenched. (laughs) Uh, I heard that's I heard that's why they had to start the soul circus because they had the water circus and none of the black guys could swim. So they were like, well, I guess we'll have to do the soul circus. Instead. I, I knew that was coming. I, I, <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, black people. So Rampage has lost like 50 pounds. Right. He looks that's great. Really? He wants to come back and fight titties. Remember the guy titties? <laughs> yes. He said he wants to come back for one fight. Dude. Uh, Daryl, uh, what's his name? Daryl, uh, Schoonover, right? Yeah, Schoonover, yeah. He was a nice, he's a nice guy. guy. But yeah, like, he's a really nice guy. He got completely bullied on TV for no reason. Like, he got caught. Like, a lot of people have big, big boobs in MMA. Like, a lot of men have bigger boobs. He was called titties by the whole world. Because and and Rampage ruined this fucking guy's life. Like he probably and now Rampage wants revenge. <laughs> he wants he wants revenge because he ruined that guy's life and career. Like I guarantee, like that guy probably has like. Remember in Billy Madison, uh, remember Steve Buscemi had a list of people to kill. Right. Like, yeah. Fucking titties has rampage on that list. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I think most of us have that list if we're being honest. But uh, 100%. I, was, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was uh, it was Don Fry, but I was talking about how there's a lot of people that had better hope. I don't get like a terminal disease with any kind of notification because I'm not going alone. And uh, you should have heard me and Don's conversation about that. It was amazing. But like way, who Don we Fry, were- I tried to have the podcast for Wednesday, right? He goes, I can't do Wednesday. That's when me and Dan have toxic masculinity. Okay, we'll do it Thursday. He doesn't show up on Thursday. Like, I, I moved the whole show because he can't do Wednesday. <laughs> And uh, and then he doesn't show up. And then and then uh, this is what's going to happen. At 1.30, he's going to call me up. Hello? Uh What's going on? He called me on midnight about Jake Paul. Who won the Jake Paul fight, right? And <laughs> I know that someone sent him a link, right? Let's just say right. I heard that someone sent him a link, right? He right. had he had numerous links to to watch it. He, meanwhile, my, my he doesn't know how to click it. My my dad clicked the link one time and got like thirty seven viruses and he had to get a new a new phone. That's what, dude, it's what happened to me. Like, it's uh, yeah, like every time I click it, it takes me somewhere else. And I didn't know you just had to hit back and click it again if I were to ever do such a thing. But uh, yeah, I had to actually ask my son. I said, how do you do these streams? Like, I don't get it. He's like, just hit the back button, hit play again. I'm like, why? He said, that's just how they disguise it. I'm like, okay. Now that it's summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for sunny, active days. I, I know I am, okay? And Factor, which is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Now, number two, number one, it can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered right to your door. You'll save time, 
You'll eat well and you'll stay on track reaching your goals, okay? Are you too busy with summer plans to cook? I am. It takes me forever to cook and I ruin the meals. But I want to make sure that I'm eating well and so should you. Well, with factors, skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping and the prepping and the cleaning, okay? While still getting the flavor and the nutritional quality you need. The factor is fresh, never frozen. Ew. Uh, Their meals are ready in just two minutes. That's right, two minutes. Although when I... Do stuff in two minutes, my wife complains, okay? But not with Factor. All you got to do is heat and enjoy and then get back outside and soak up this warm weather. Vitamin D, all right? Looking for calorie-conscious options this summer? You can try the delicious, dietitian approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. That's 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 nothing. That's You burn that off, I don't know, jogging, all right? You need an extra boost, to support your wellness goals this summer? I do. I'll try the Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein. Hell yeah. Get get rough. Look at, look at these guns, people. All right? So check it out. Check out Factor. Head to factormeals.com slash roasted50 and use code roasted50 and get 50% off your first box. That's half off your first box. That's code roasted50 at factormeals.com slash Roasted 50 to get 50% off your first box. All right. Check it out. You're going to thank me later. I got this cute dog. She's she's teething right now, uh, but she's she's adorable. All right. No more biting. We got to get some chew toys. So thank you guys so much. Hope you guys are having a wonderful day and check out Factor right now. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You so back, but yeah, Ron I never. Calls uh... up at midnight on Saturday. Who won the Jake Paul fight? So I had to explain to him, well, Nate did it okay, but Jake Paul won. Nate didn't, but he put him in a guillotine in the in the top, and Dime went, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I told you it was amazing. I had, uh, I think, yeah, we I, we talked before. When I, Don and Carl Parisi, and Don was drunk and Carl was on something. I don't know what, but watching them two in El Paso, Texas, in a hotel argue about whose generation was tougher when they were only three years apart was the craziest uh you know, Don's like a 95, we were better. And Carl's like, 98 was the best in the UFC. You know, like it was, uh, man, it was funny. That was one of the funniest. Like, uh, I feel like there's like a shift now. Like um, it became like, if you were super like right wing, like you were almost ostracized a lot of times. I feel like right. a lot of people were just didn't want to associate with you. And then there's like a shift back. Like like Kid Rock opened up WWE, like SummerSlam. Uh, right. I feel like if people are just like, with thankfully accepting that people have other opinions on things. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but Don has not changed. At all. <laughs> no, no, that's a, there's always that backlash. It's kind of like the stone cold Steve Austin thing where everybody like the anti-hero, yeah. but uh, people do respect. Uh, I'll tell you what was crazy is I have that interview that allegedly is out there where I said, I smother my grandma with a pillow and all these different things. Uh, in it. And, uh, I was real ashamed of it and like horrified when I watched the next day, cause I may have been under the influence of a substance when I did yeah. the interview. But like, to this day, people think it's the funniest, like, like, Oh man, you seem so charming there. And like, I say charming that I said, I killed my grandma. Like, I don't under, like, I don't understand, but it's uh, sometimes the, the, I don't know, most offensive stuff you do is the most popular, you know, like I, when I made up those, when I reviewed Matt Hughes book, allegedly and told exactly what happened in it i figured that would get deleted off the underground immediately and i would be banned it was like 
but they loved it. Even the mobs loved it. Everybody hated Matt Hughes, apparently. But uh, yeah, it used to be you couldn't say anything about a pro fighter; they would lose their minds. Oh, you know, I like that. people at the UFC come up to me and they're like, "Hey, man, I work for the UFC. You keep our days going." And I would just shit on the fucking like all day long, right. making jokes at how ridiculous like right. the they made in the fight selection. You just have to be honest. I watched a good well, interview with uh, Bill Maher interviewed uh jordan peterson you you watch that yeah i did see some of it yeah i saw the highlights um, really good i mean i i hour and a half went by like that bill maher when he's high is like annoyingly charming like he's way better on that show than he is on his show i think maybe it's the pressure it's the hbo executives it's all these people but he's like an annoying nerd like and he's stoned as fuck and he's just very vulnerable of like right uh, and it's it's hilarious. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, talking about how he just loves getting pussy in each town and and he can't settle down. And th- I mean, it just and he's looking for it's basically Peterson becomes like his therapist halfway through the show. Right. Um, highly entertaining. I heard, uh, I heard Norm McDonald say one time that uh, he had a joke. I think he had Roseanne read it on his show on his podcast. But the joke was, listen, everybody, you're not going to believe this. Bill Maher has given the solutions to every promise, you know, or every problem in the world away for free. Like, because he, you know, he thinks he knows everything about everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. But when he actually, it's, he seems like I, up till the last year or so, I'd never heard a single thing he said that I agreed with. Not a single thing. Like, it's every, I was like, dude, that guy sucks. Like, his opinion sucks on everything. But he's actually said, like, he's like, he said the other day, uh, I think we need to quit acting like porn is benign and there's no, there's no negative effects of kids being exposed to it at a young age. I was like, is this Bill Maher, the same Bill Maher that, you know what I mean? Talks about, you know, yeah. like, uh, you know, Muslims and Christians are stupid and, you know, this and that or whatever. But it's, uh, I've always been amazed people that don't believe in God or they don't believe in a God of any kind, like atheists. How do you, how do you justify what's right and wrong then? Like, I don't understand. Like it's people are like, well, morality is, you know, it's society decides. I'm like, well, Hitler's Germany society decided it was okay to kill Jews. So is that right? Yeah. And th- is there any, is there any universal right or wrong? You know, but if there's no God, there has to be a God for there to be a universal right and wrong. You know, no, like, I mean, look, I'm, I'm Jewish. My wife is Christian. And uh, my, my daughter reads church kids. She listens to church kids every night before she goes to bed. And yeah. uh, the stories are amazing. It's all about right. asking for help and believing in a higher power and being nice to people, regardless of what they look like or who they are. I'm like, why would I not want my kid to grow up with these stories? Yeah. Well, you know, what's crazy is the people that are against that movie, The Sound of Freedom. Have you heard that? People are like protesting against a movie about child sex trafficking because they say that it's acting like it happens more than it does. Like, I, OK, like, is there anybody that's for it? Like, is there anybody, you know what I mean? Like, is there any, I don't understand. One time it'd be too much. I like, that's like, what, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, it's, oh, I'm sure. Like, if there's a whole network, like, yeah, there's no Epstein. There's no Jeffrey Epstein. You're right. Like, there's not only no, that, but like, you go to any, anytime you go to an airport, there's signs saying, watch out for child traffickers. I mean, right. at the airport, yeah. that's okay to have it there, but not I, like, it's, the, it reminds me of Princess Di. It really does. She was against landmines. Like, that's a really bold statement because I know a lot of pro-landmine people out there. You Bill, know, Bill Maher had a good point, though. He said, you know, the problem with voting for people because you want to feel good or and not voting for them for who they are. He's like, I guess they said in Minnesota, they they nominated a Muslim on to be like the head of the school board. And everyone's like, oh, we're so proud of ourselves. And then they, and then they're shocked that she didn't want Pride Month in school. Like, right yeah like, like what what, do you, what did you think was gonna happen like, i love the uh i love the trans people that want to protect trans kids who are also pro-abortion 
And I'm like, okay, so let me let me get this straight. You're worried about protecting kids, but you're pro-abortion. And then my, uh, I asked uh, somebody, uh, who knows who they were online, but they were arguing about that. And I said, I just have a serious question for you. If someone found out if you could genetically test and your kid was going to be trans or gay and you don't want a gay or trans kid, are you for aborting that baby because you want a straight kid if you could test it? They're like, no, that's terrible. And I'm like, well, I don't understand. Like, you know what I mean? Or whatever. I thought you were for people's right to choose to get what they want. If they're not ready to have a child, then they they can kill it. So as long as it's not because it's trans or gay, then it's okay. Otherwise, it's murder. You know what I mean? Because I, I, because you identify like I just don't. Uh, it was like when I asked uh, Greg the one time we got started to get serious. Then it continued offline. I said, at what point does it become a baby? Like, is it when the foot comes out? Is it when the head comes out? Like, what is it? Is it when it can live outside the womb? You have to say at one point. And Greg said, not until it's all the way out. I said, so if your wife was having a baby and there was a toe still in, and I came and chopped the baby's head off, that's not murder. You know what I mean? Like, I don't get like I don't. It's just uh, people. I don't know, man. Like, I don't have it. The people are like, well, what about rape and incest and stuff like that? Like, I don't have the answers to all of it. But to to pretend like it's just cells being, you know, uh, yeah, you know, it's such a, it's being such killed a, is just. I don't. I, the problem is, I think, is that nobody knows. You know. Yeah, like I don't know. Like if if I I don't think if if, some, if there's incest or rape, I don't think a girl should be forced to have that baby. And they're like, well, two wrongs don't make a right. And I'm like, yeah, but. How can you ask someone to carry that burden? You know what I mean? Like that. To, and they're like, well, they could give it up for adoption. Like, yeah, they could. But that's going to be, you know, like yeah, uh, that, that always turns out really well. Right. It's just like it's I, I don't think uh, I think there are exceptions to it, uh, obviously. But I just I don't know, man, I don't have uh, if there were an easy answer, there wouldn't be an argument over it. But I love the people that are pro abortion. I'm like, I, I don't think it's anything to be proud of regardless. Like, I don't think it's anything to no, be mean, excited I, or celebrate, was, you know, like, uh, you know, the older I get, you know. I, I think when I was in my early, like when I was living in New York and I was like early, you know, I was 18, 19, 20, I, abor oh, yeah, abortion, abort, you know, yeah, yeah of course. And then, uh, and then you get older and you're like, oh, fuck, you know, you start to. Well, then when you have kids too and see the whole process and yeah, go you through it, then you're like, different, you know? Yeah. It, uh, I'll tell you I'm what creeps I'm, me out. You know, I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm pro life and I don't want to make this a pro life podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> we wouldn't want that. I'm just saying that I'm just saying perspectives do change a little bit. You, you start to look at things a little different. Uh, yeah. My daughter, I told you my daughter's like four months pregnant now and uh, they have the, the 3d um, ultrasounds now, which I'm sure you probably saw your daughter that that'll creep you out, man. Like it just seeing, oh, yeah. seeing a little person in there, what they're going to look like and all that. It's, uh, it's actually stressing me out of my mind, not to get too personal uh, about my life, but it's uh, with a, the way everything's going, man, World War Three seems like it's going to start. People always say, well, there's never been any good time to have kids or there's never been, you know, it's always in the 60s. It was nuclear war with Russia or whatever. But I don't think the world's ever been like it is right now. And I ask not within our, not within the United States existence. Anyway, I've asked several people in their 80s and 90s, have you ever seen the world anywhere near like it is now? Because history, it tends to repeat itself. And I have yet to have, I've asked probably 20 people, 80 or 90 years old. Every time I meet a really old person, I say, can I ask you a random question? Have you ever seen things like they are right now? Society, the government people, they're like, never. It's never been anywhere close. I'm like, not even during the 60s where they killed JFK, they're like, not even close. Like they said, there's, everybody is so- I kind of wonder sometimes if, if the world- has always been this way, but now all of a sudden it's more, now you're seeing it because of social media right. and internet and this and that. Like if things have always been completely fucked up, but now you're just, your eyes are open to it. Yeah. That's what you wonder. Uh, you know, I told you, like, I always, uh, I hate pedophiles, man. And I, I think they're worse than serial killers. I think a pedophile is the lowest. I think a pedophile is worse than a rapist. Like I think pedophile is the worst thing you can be in the world. Like absolute worst thing you can be. And, um, I think getting caught with child pornography should be the death penalty. Like I really do believe that, um, stuff, but I, uh, 
I just don't understand, man, the, the, this whole thing. It's like, it's like someone's, I don't know. You wonder sometimes if there is an antichrist, is there some evil force pushing this stuff on like to, to minor attracted people? Like, no, we're not minor attracted, but then, Oh, all that to say, it was rare when I was single dating girls that I would meet a girl that hadn't been molested at some point in her life, you know what I mean? Or whatever. And I was just like, it's happened. And so it's been happening to everybody for who knows how many hundreds of years. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, right. there's been, you know, my mom always, she didn't make a joke about it, but she always said like every family had an uncle that you knew to stay away from. Like everybody in the family was like, don't go, you know, around your uncle George or whatever. Don't be alone with him, you know, or whatever. And I can't stand the, uh, I actually had a, my grandpa was apparently a pussy. Hopefully my mom won't watch this, but he died before I was born. But he, uh, one of his daughters got molested by one of his half cousins or something. And he really showed him, he didn't talk to him for two months over it. Oh, you know what God. I mean? Or whatever. Like he didn't. And when I heard that story, I was like, I'm glad he's not alive now. Cause I would tell him what a bitch he is like to his face. I don't care. If That's he's why I think years the, old. Cam the, the Cam Velasquez thing. I mean, there's not anyone yeah. that doesn't, I don't know anyone that's like Cain Velasquez should be in jail. No, no. And it's, it's unfortunate. The other guy got hit. It's really sad that a lot of people say like the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, but it was the guy's stepdad that got hit. It's a shame that the actual perpetrator didn't get hit. But I think the judge that released him should be responsible for it all. That's what I think. I think if you, because what I heard is that Kane didn't know the guy wasn't locked up and ends up running into him somewhere like on the, you know, getting gas and sees the dude that molests his kid who thinks he's in prison and went crazy. You know what I mean? That's what, I don't know if that's true, but that's what I heard. You know what I mean? Like, that's why, because if he was stalking him, I doubt he'd wait till there were other people in the car and start shooting. At him, right. You know of course. what I mean? So, that, that makes but I think the, I think the judge that let the pedophile out that, uh, I think it's amazing, man. It just, you know, I told you the, the rape trial that I went through that we were involved in or whatever, and all that stuff, um, with somebody close to me or whatever, the judge, they are so indifferent. They don't care if it drags on for six or seven years. Cause it's not their kid. What do they care? You know what I mean? They, they don't care. It's not his daughter. It's not his granddaughter. It's not his, uh, is anything they tried to bring me in on it and uh that was interesting you should i'll tell you that story yeah, dude, some, uh, some some judges are like like the guy who punched me in the face that like this comic did he sucker punched me i thought you said a judge did i was like i, know, yes, I ended up beating awesome. this guy up but he punched me in the face his comedian and i, I took him to court because i had to get six stitches and like you know it cost me like seven grand and right and and then uh and i tell the judge i'm like just so you know if you don't find him or whatever he's gonna keep doing this and the judge is like, well, that's very noble of you to be the protector of all comedians. I'm like, this fucking guy. And then within like a month, he did it to someone else. Like, right. And I think when a judge doesn't, when I, I really think they should be held responsible for what the criminals they let out do again in some fashion. Like, I think they should be. I, I hate to say I would hope it would happen to their family. But when you see a judge that lets a pedophile out, I, it's like you almost wish like that same guy would do something to them. You know what I mean? And to their family, but I don't want anything to happen to anybody's family or kids. But it uh, judges are. I uh, I had that little thing like Jesse Parsley a hole, where he was going to kill me and shoot me. So I go to his house, I film the whole thing, and he calls the cops, and then they file charges on me. Cost me five grand. When we go in court, my lawyer tells me we need to do a jury trial for sure. After we left court the first day, I said, "Why?" She goes, "You didn't see the way that judge was looking at you." And I said, "No, I didn't notice anything." Why? She said that judge had been bullied in high school and could not wait to pay you back. And I was like, what, what are you like? What are you, where are you getting that from? She goes, I've been doing this a long time. She said, that judge hated your guts. And I said, I could see like a cold indifference. Cause I asked, I said, can I just say something before we go any further? He was like, you'll speak when you're spoken or something like that. You can speak when you're spoken to. And I was like, dude, I'm like, I'll smack you in the face. Like, that's what I felt like saying, you know what I mean? Or whatever. But, uh, 
Yeah, the judge, she goes, that judge had it all over his face. He was going to pay back the bully. And that's it. And the guy that Jesse Parsley did was five, six, 145 pounds, you know? So he's like, she's like, you have no chance doing it because the judge wanted to do a bench trial. And she's like, I bet he does where he gets to decide who's guilty. She said, you have no chance. And that's when I end up sending them the uh, response to the prosecutor, the same thing Michael Corleone said in The Godfather 2. I don't know if I ever sent that to you, but I said, uh, they offered me 20 hours of community service. I plead guilty to misdemeanor intimidation. And I said, well, you know, I appreciate your, you know, generous offer. I'd like to propose a counter offer. Like I sent this to the prosecutor. I wasn't supposed to, but I sent it directly to him. I said, my counter offer is this, nothing. And I said, not even the fee for the, you know, court, which is yeah, like yeah, 750. Yeah. So which I'd appreciate if you cover out of your own check, you know, or whatever. And I said, uh, if you think you can convince 12 jurors, I did something I didn't do. And I have it on tape. Good luck, you know, or whatever. And then she was like, you could get in trouble for contacting him. I was like, I don't care. But and then they happened? dropped the case. They dropped it. They dropped it shortly thereafter. They thought I was going to take the 20 hours community service. Like I, I didn't do anything. I didn't threaten to rape his kids. I didn't threaten yeah, anything. Yeah. He said he would kill me. And I said, Where, what's your address? I'll come there right now, which is dumb to do. And luckily I recorded the whole thing and still post it from time to time online. But uh, it also didn't help that my friend Ron Dew started sending uh posted an ad on Craigslist that said a uh, male manly massage and had a picture of the guy with his shirt <laughs> off and said, put his, put his address on there, said, come to the back door and knock three times. Uh, and the guy had gay guys coming to his house all day, every day, knocking on oh his my door. God. That's what happened. He thought, that's happened with War Machine. Um, right. Before he went to prison, people kept sending him gay escorts. Yeah. Um, that's, and, <laughs> can you imagine being a gay escort and showing up at War Machine's house and him not expecting you? That would be like a, uh, that dude flips out over a smoothie. Did you ever see that video where he couldn't oh, get yeah. a, uh, or yeah. not smoothie, a, uh, what was it? He kept calling coffee, it not a smoothie. Coffee. No, it was, it, was, it was a cold Slurpee. He's like, all I want is a fucking Slurpee. All I want was a Slurpee. Uh, and he starts like, you know, losing his mind. But he, uh, you know, he's he got a like married a in prison again. Oh, did he? The girl's like not bad looking. It's a pretty yeah. good looking girl. Like, probably a safe arrangement for her. Like, she doesn't have to worry about if he gets mad or jealous. Like, what are you going to do? We got to figure out a way to talk to women that find men that are not only like, they're just unavailable. Like, I mean, maybe that's where they know where they are or something. Why would you marry a guy that you can't see in prison? Men and women are so different, dude. Even at this age, you know, like we talk about it all the time or whatever, like trying to understand women or whatever, but no, we don't. I'm just kidding. We would never talk about that, but um, it it is the female species fascinates me. They really do, man. The way they think, the way they, I saw a girl carrying a guy who is like, he doesn't have arms and legs the other day. And, uh, like she's like a model girl and she's like carrying them around to do stuff. And they're a couple and they're online and they genuinely seem to love each other. And I'm not saying that she can't love that dude, but it just seems like, how did they ever hook up? Like what, like what, you know what I mean? Like the guy, it's just amazing to me. Like, guy, I, I don't by know. By the way, the back of your head, the guy, the guy from roadhouse is like coming out, like look like right now. <laughs> That's awesome. like, yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, I love how, I love how it's not blurring their face. Like when I move, that's awesome. But That's I don't cool. understand because there's not a guy out there that would find a female that was caught beating the shit out of her husband in prison for like 50 years. It's like, I'm going to marry her. But there's women that are like decent looking. They're like, I'm going to marry War Machine. Um, yeah, they're, I guess they're very it's all emotions, you know, with women. It's uh, it's amazing, man, the way they think and the way they, they, get the way they it's probably not. Right. Either. No, I can't. No, I can't imagine somebody as dangerous as him that they would let that. uh but maybe, you know, like I do know that a lot of guys, I know actually one of my, my barber, one of my buddies the other day, he thought he was getting two years of house arrest and he went up to show up to finish up the paperwork at court. And the judge changed his mind because of something he said. And he sent him to prison for two and a half years. Like uh, he, he got cocky with him, said something. I haven't got the story yet, but he literally had agreed with the house arrest. And I guess he said something cocky to the judge 
when the judge said something to him or whatever, because he thought it was a done deal. And uh, he said something cocky to him. The judge said, okay, well, we're, we're not accepting that. You're just going to go ahead and do your two and a half years. Uh-huh. Um, and so he like literally went, he had just rented an apartment, just started getting his life back together, got custody of his kid, gone that day, two and a half years. He had to go to fed, like, That's got my biggest state fear, man. That was one of the saddest things I've ever seen. When I watched that Aaron, Aaron Hernandez documentary and his daughter was in there and she was like three and she was waving to her dad and he was like making a face as he was going. I'm just like, man, that's got to fuck kids up more than anything. I can't I think anything worse. Dude, I think that I, I think the scared straight thing was a great idea until they put it on TV and then they realized they can't really do anything to the kids. Although you do occasionally hear about where the prisoners really did assault a kid that was on scared straight. I they just went there. My, my parents threatened scared straight at me. If I would have run away from my boarding school, that's that's where I was next. Yeah, Lee, they should. If people knew I've been to prison before to play, we had to play their basketball team. It was so funny. We our college team had to play their basketball team and they tell us going in like, listen, don't talk trash to them. Don't play physical and do not dunk on anybody. And which is the exact three opposite things that the coach tells you. You know what I mean? So I have a guy guard me and they call him Big C. And I don't know if they called him Big C because of the big C that was branded on his arm that was like 10 inches big or because he had a big C. I didn't know, but I didn't want to find out either way. You know what I mean? Like what? what uh, Well, we're playing. I'm guarding him. He's guarding me. He keeps trying to knock my teeth out with elbows. Like I'm I'm 19 years old. So he comes out the rebound, swings an elbow at me. So it made me mad. So I like pushed him, come back down the court, you know, and there's 600 prisoners, one guard with a baton in our basketball team. And I was like, um, it's the longest yard. Uh, yeah, no, dude, it was crazy. And so the dudes were real cool. We were playing against cause they, they know they can't get in trouble. Uh, if they get, and they tell you going in, if the prisoners riot, we don't negotiate. You have to sign something. Otherwise they would riot every time we had people in here, but they said, don't dunk on them. Don't talk trash. Don't anything. So I end up out of habit. I could jump real high back there. I was a really good basketball player. I end up dunking on one of the dudes right in his face and like knocking him to the ground. And 600 prisoners are all dying laughing, like falling out of their bleachers, like, oh, because it was a big white dude jumping, 19 year old kid dunking yeah. on a, you know, big, on big C, like dunking on him or whatever. So he was like, dude, he was trying to, I, so from that point on, when he hit me with an elbow that grazed me, I was like, okay, I'm not trying to, and he was intentionally trying to do it. He's grabbing rebounds and swinging his elbow at my face. And I didn't want to get cut, especially with them guys sweating or bleeding on me or whatever. I didn't want to catch whatever they might have. So the coach calls a timeout and starts screaming at me. You're playing like you're afraid. I said, I am afraid. Like I told the coach or whatever. I was like, what are you like? I said, I'm, I said, we will get jumped in here. And he's like, oh, you're being a pussy. I'm like, I don't think that's being a pussy. There's 600 prisoners. Was, Most that, your, was your team all white? Uh, no, we was, it was about half black, but half white. But they were rougher on the black kids. Than they were the white kids, which is weird. But at halftime, these two prisoners come up and talk to me. And they're being real complimentary, man. Like, dude, bro, you got balls, man. You know, or whatever. And I was like, what's that? I said, I saw you push Big C. Ain't nobody does that. And I said, well, hopefully he don't stab me. He's like, oh, he'll be all right, man. He respects it, you know, or whatever. Um, I was hoping not to get stabbed with his Big C later. But um, <laughs> so these dudes are talking to me. He said, dude, man, you got to respect white boy. Go out there and uh, you ain't scared of nobody, this and that or whatever. And then the guard comes over and says, get over here. Get back over to your team. Because like, they were talking to me at half court, like at the kind of like the break we were taking as they were shooting around. And he goes, those guys are uh, sex offenders. And he goes, I don't mean straight ones. And I was oh, like, oh, God. they were trying to have sex with me. Sign you up for this. What kind of dude? That's what I said. I didn't want to go. And they said I was off the team. If I didn't go, they were going to kick me off. They said we do this as a service to the community. I'm like, go play against <laughs> black guys that try to. But they they strip search us on the way in, dude. We're walking in. They're all whistling at us. All the prisoners are whistling at us like they're going to have sex with us, you know. And then I, I'm talking to them two guys that actually I thought they were giving me respect. Like, man, nobody does that to Big C, you know, or whatever. Like, you got balls, kid. And I was always, I grew up like my dad. Oh my, my dad God. wasn't Don Fry, but my dad was pretty manly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, he was like, like stand up for yourself, this and that. And so, uh, I was known, like I was the bully on the team, but nobody messed with me, you know? And so I, uh, 
I thought they were, I thought they were like complimenting me. Apparently they were, they were hitting on me. That was their way they could try to have sex with me. They were like, man, you're a big, strong boy. And that guy said, hey, come here, go over to the guards. Get over here. Those are sex offenders. Stay away from those. They rape those guys oh that rape people God. in here. I was like, oh, God. God. They were trying to set me up to set me up to marry them like War Machine or something. But uh, one of the funniest, uh, uh, they set up a wrestling practice one time. I was coaching with uh, a uh, blind school, right? And, <laughs> yeah, like you were coaching wrestling, the blind school or against the blind school? Against the blind school. Like everybody on the team was blind, right? But that's like, got to be an easy double or single to hit. I would guess. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you have to touch them at all times. So, right. so they kind of have an advantage in some ways. Cause they're used to wrestling people that aren't blind. Cause like right away, like the kids <laughs> sound, are all going to just go. To- <laughs> you sound like James, you sound like James Kyle's trying to explain to me why that one arm fighter actually has an advantage. Who's the, uh, who's the guy with only one well, arm? Nick Newell. Nick Newell, like James Krause was trying to explain to me how it's actually an advantage to only have one arm. And I was like, dude, you've watched The Fugitive way too many times. Like, there's no – just because Harrison Ford got his ass whipped by one arm. That's a great fugitive joke, by the way. But uh, Dude, yeah, they, but just, they didn't want kids like running behind the blind kids just fucking straight football tackling. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's got to be an easy takedown to get, man. If uh, That is uh, – that's crazy. You ever wonder how off topic – now, or I guess on topic – they, uh, you know, they took Helen Keller, I guess, who was born blind and deaf, both, and taught her how to speak. And I'm like, maybe they did, or maybe she was signing something that was like, get me out of this place. And they thought she was saying, "Hey, I love this," you oh, know, like dude, teacher or whatever. I, do a like, show, I did a show on a cruise, and there was an interpreter there, and I, I yeah. always talk with them, going, "I really want to blow the comedian. This isn't part of the show, you know." Like I said, <laughs> she has to say all this, like right. <laughs> he has a big cock. Off topic. Uh, I, you know, I give way better head than that girl. Right? I just started saying like. But right. you, know, you know who was pretty funny was uh, Shane Gillis. I don't watch a lot of Shane Gillis, but he had a funny bit about the Special Olympics, like how he used to I work. I think I saw that. Yeah, it sounds really familiar. Go ahead, though. He I used think to I've work for the Special Olympics, and uh, they would confuse him, like, because they thought he he looks like he he might be. Yeah, you know, he, could, he could be a possible he, competitor. And then he was saying how, like, whoever pitched the Special Olympics, like, great idea in theory, but that's really, like, fucked up. Like, okay, we're going to take all – I think our kids – here could beat the other kids over right there. Yeah. <laughs> you think about it what did he i know he had a spot on saturday night live right and he, for some reason he was gonna be the first asian on saturday night live except he's not asian no i guess he's part asian or something or i don't know what it is but he he made a bunch of asian jokes but like right. but back on like podcasts like where he was like i mean I, who knows i mean isn't it amazing that saturday night live had someone too offensive to cast like they're known for or used to be known for being the most offensive what? show on TV. You know what, though? Mm-hmm. I give the kid credit because I thought when that happened, I'm like, oh, he's fucked. Like, like, right. he, he, like he's 10 times bigger. Like, I can't name a cast member on Saturday Night Live right now. Like, no, me either. But, no. But meanwhile, the dude's like murdering it. Shane Gillis is like, I'm like, okay, this is not, you know, he, he really blew this opportunity. And then he actually was pretty funny about it. He tweeted like, it's okay. I'm more of a mad TV guy anyway. Right. Yeah. That's how, that's how I would take it. If I was going to do that, I actually, uh, I don't know. Did I ever tell you that I had, a, I was going to be, uh, whoever flows with, is it progressive? Like a, whatever the insurance is, the yeah. flow character. I met the guy who's, he's actually fortune 500 to marketer of the year, 10 of 11 years or something. This genius marketer guy. I met him on vacation. I took a picture with his kids. It's funny what happened with that story. I'll have to tell you that one off air, but, um, how I met him. But um, he told me, hey, I really appreciate you taking pictures with my kids yesterday. Like most celebrities are, are jerks. And I was like, oh, I'm not a celebrity because you look famous to me. And like you're saying this and that come to find out 
he's world famous as far as like marketing goes. Like he owns, like he sold his company for millions and millions of dollars. And he was progressives top guy. They were going to do a character, not me, but he saw my interview where I was talking to Ariel Wani and making jokes and he liked my personality. And then I went over and uh, auditioned for them to be a character. And I like, and they hit me with it out of nowhere. Like I didn't know they took me in this place, look like TV studio. And like, we have our whole marketing team here. We're going to do a little thing, a game we play where you're going to pretend like you're on, uh, you know, on a talk show, blah, blah, blah. And they start asking me questions. So of course I stepped over the line three or four times, but they seemed to like it. They really laughed. And so I tell him when I leave, I said, Hey, I probably should have told you this before I came over to do this. But if you type in my name and anything controversial, there's probably going to be headlines that come up. I said, I like okay. to try to insert myself into any story. So if, if it's gay marriage, I like when everyone puts the, puts the, whatever equal sign I put the division sign, you know what I mean? On my thing, just to, you know, stir things up. And he goes, no, that's good marketing to be controversial. And I was like, well, I don't know if it's for progressive. It's the best way. And so then we were set. I was going to make a, it was going to be a big, big money deal, man, like big money. And then one day he just stopped returning my calls. And uh, I was like, Oh, there they go. And then uh, I ended up hitting him up a few years later. I said, Hey, I didn't, uh, I didn't want to bother you the time, but can you tell me like exactly what happened? He said, you were right. The legal department looked into, Hey, is there any exposure here? And, uh, he said, but by the time we got to Nazi and anti-gay marriage and all this and that, like I said, but it's a joke. Like I always said, I had a Nazi eagle on my chest. Like it was a, it covered up my ex-wife's name. And I always said, I covered up the name of a ruthless dictator with a symbol of another, you know, but I didn't right. know it was a Nazi eagle when I got it, you know, but it, um, or I said that one of my, my grandfather died at Auschwitz and people go, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like he fell out of the guard tower. Don't feel bad. You know, so fault, said, you know? that's Jesuit had the same joke, by the way. Did he? Yeah. It's a, some old, some, I said it to some lady I'd heard it before somewhere, but I said it to some lady in Florida, some waitress. And she thought she, she thought he had really died it because she made a Jew joke, which I thought was crazy for a waitress, a seven year old waitress to make. But I was like, I said, that's funny. My, you know, um, my grandfather died at Auschwitz and she goes, I am so sorry. I said, it's okay for a guard tower. But the other one I use in my vet, I think was a Jessel Nick joke too. I said that I wanted to be a vet when I grew up and he said, uh, did you really? I said, yeah, I said, it was always my dream. Then I found out there's a lot more to it than putting down cats all day. And, uh, he just, he didn't like it. And the lady in there didn't like it. So that joke didn't work. It wasn't even my own. Funny Auschwitz joke, how Auschwitz has like a Twitter handle now. They, they're on, Does it? And then they unfollowed <laughs> him on Twitter. Auschwitz did or something. And he's like, you got to go pretty low when Auschwitz wants nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, like what? Um, that whole, that whole time period fascinates me, man. I've been to Germany several times now, usually for a doctor's appointment that doesn't work out apparently. But, um, I've been to Germany repeatedly in Europe and that whole, and that whole time frame is just, there's still a feeling it's hard to explain, but you know, you've seen like Schindler's list. I was actually in an elevator and it said Schindler's lifts was the oh. company name that put it in over there. And apparently it's a real company. I thought that was the funniest thing ever Schindler's lifts, but they didn't, they didn't mean to do it because it's been around for a hundred years. But uh, yeah, that's uh there's still a, there's a feeling over there. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me, but there is a, there's a presence over there that still feels like there's a little bit of hatred just underneath the, just well, underneath like they the surface. You know? And it makes it worse. Like, right. they're like I like nice, <laughs> and then you wonder like if they have meetings afterwards to tell you. How. It's like people. Yeah. Are just, it's I like thought what they what they don't like is when you ask them to explain what that Nazi thing was all about. Like I kept telling them, like, listen, I'm not like the history buff or anything. Like, what was this Nazi thing? What happened? I said, I, I don't like. Uh, I didn't even teach 
they do not. So well, we don't really like to talk about it. It's like, well, I wouldn't either from what I've heard. I hope you have some sort of defense <laughs> for it, you know? And I was like, uh, I just didn't know if you could kind of rationalize why you guys would do that. And they're like, it wasn't me that did it. Yeah, I was why like, oh, you guys would do that. That's, yeah, that's the same thing. That's I like to pull the slavery thing. Like you did this to us. Like, well, I, I've never owned a slave. I don't, I didn't do anything to anybody. That's what I think it was Bill Maher. Somebody was on it. One of reparations. I think it was Charlemagne. And he's like, yeah, you know, yeah. And then Bill Maher's like, wait, what did you, what did you do exactly? And he's like, well, not me exactly. But anyway, back to right. fighting. Uh, so <laughs> la last week, uh, Corey Sanhagen and Rob Font fought. You watched that? I did not, but it sounds like a great fight. It was the worst fight. It was a, it was a, <laughs> of <wrestle>. course, <laughs> it was a wrestle fuck. And everyone got mad at Sanhagen for taking him down and holding him. But I'm like, if the guy can't get up, it's his problem. It's right. Not yeah. Be mad at the guy that can't get up. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what happened. Uh, Tatiana Suarez, the girl who beat cancer, she ran through Amanda, uh, uh, not Amanda, um, but you, you know, talking about she, she, uh, the, the girl who, uh, yeah. Oh my God. I know her name. The girl that slammed, uh, yes, Rose, right? Yes. She killed her. She, she, she tapped her out. She, she won. Uh, she, she beat her on the feet. Um, and didn't Corey say that he had an injury that he dislocated his elbow or something or had something like tore something or something? I thought he said after the fight that uh, something he, happened. Everyone was booing him, but I'm like, you can't get mad at him. Um, I think he said his his I think his elbow dislocated at the first round or something, and he didn't want anybody to know. Uh, so that's why he that's what he says anyway. But you can't say it after a fight either because you're know, like, oh, you're making excuses. Like, oh, okay. But he so, won. Uh, the Carlson Harris. I felt bad for her. He beat Jeremiah Wells. Wells beat him up throughout the whole fight, right? Uh, just kicking his ass, and then one minute left, and the guy subs him. And uh, I'll I'll, I'll show you the, the the sub. It's just like, oh man, you, you you I always feel bad for the guy that's winning for you know what is it, fourteen minutes out of the fight, right? And then it's that's like, what you know. That's part of what makes MMA exciting. But like when Chael Sonnen lost his first fight to Anderson Silva. I was so mad because not even that I necessarily wanted to win, but if anyone ever deserved to win a fight, it was him. He won the entire uh, fight up until that submission, you know, like it just, uh, yeah, that was know. crazy. That, that, that was, that was crazy. So here we go. Uh, this is, so he, Jeremiah Wells is winning the whole fight. And then th this is actually kind of a cool submission, but I guess this is the guy's submission. Uh, you have to know that, that this is what the guy does. So here he gets him. He gets him down right here. Yeah, in these takedowns, he's fighting hard here. He seems got an anaconda in. locked in. Yeah, he does. One of his chokes. Let's see if he can finish it here. I mean, Wilds has that elbow out. You see how he has that elbow out? That Correct. really helps him a lot. So he's kind of burning his arms out right here until he gets that elbow a little bit farther forward. But he could use it to take top position. Jobs would be advantageous. I don't think he's going to get that choice. He's not until the only one he's going to get his father up. It's him. Dude, I don't. I don't know. Far be it for me to attack like I'm unsubmittable, but I've never been caught in an anaconda choke. I think I'm too wide from my neck to my under my arm. Like I've never been in that submission. I've never been submitted with, with that. I've never, I don't see how that submits anybody. I don't understand it. I don't understand Chris that. Position says that three happens. times. He doesn't have the choke. As the yeah. Guy. Like I, I didn't even look like there was any pressure. I don't, I don't understand. Like I don't I guess know. He I does don't it know. with his chest. He, he, I, I guess he somehow has this angle with his chest. He puts his chest in, but, huh. uh, but that, that's his move. Meanwhile, this guy, Cody Durden talked all this shit and backed it up. He's like a, this like super kind of, you know, from the South, got the hot girlfriend with the big tits, 
big Trump guy. Like he's just a, and he's, and he backed it up. He went up against this guy, Jake Hadley. And he didn't, he goes, I'm, he goes, I was going to die before summoning. Look how tight this was, John. So who has Jake Hadley here? And then Jake gets out. And look, look what he has. He still has a tap. He's trying to switch to a triangle here. He's got armbar or triangle. We'll see what he modifies and what he goes to here. Nice to see the crowd acknowledge that. You know, seeing how deep Jake Hadley's in. You know, I mean, that looks really bad. And I saw the corner, Vaughn Lee in his corner, losing his mind when he escapes. Watch this. And that triangle is in. He's got the, it's mixed. He can go triangle or armbar here, and he's waiting for Durden to make a move before he figures out which one he's going to really commit to. Look how he's I'm already feeling a little bit nauseous because I know what's coming, I think. I think I know what he's going to switch to. You've got to make the lead and wait and see what he's going to do. Oh, oh, here it goes. Oh. He's got a roll. Like, he's got to kind of wait. They're waiting on each other here. Now, here. Yep. There he goes. Oh. Watch. Oh, good lord! Man, he's just taking that too. Oh god! I gave the thumbs up. Yeah, my arm is broken, but I'm good. Yeah. Oh god! Armbar situation. Yes, he needs to get his right hand on the other side. Dude, he's in a choke and an armbar at the same time. Both really tight. It looks like. Right now, this is this is high level stuff, guys. Not a visual as. Tony Jordan winces under the pressure of Jake Hadley. Yeah, you see Golly. the angle of the arm isn't perfect. See so how he went to the other side of the ankle right there. That's what released the arm pressure right there. And it's getting tighter now. He still has another triangle's locked in. You see he oh, he's in Dude. That's his shoulder too. You know, not all but everything he's got trying to bend it. Kids. And now he's gonna try and put that keeps getting worse, dude. Now, is that just toughness, or what is that? Hard dude, I've, the, I've seen a couple. Um, I've seen a couple things. One, Chris Lytle. I never submitted him. All the times we rolled together, he was a 170 pound fighter. Even when I got good, I couldn't submit him. It's because his shoulders are double jointed, his knees are double jointed, his elbows are double jointed, his wrists are. So everything bends backward, like almost as far, like it's almost to a 45. So you can't do it. A lot of people don't know, too, that arm bars don't work as well if you don't. Uh, like when you're pulling an arm bar, a lot of people think you're – it's hard to explain, but you can. You have to pull the opposite of – if they did a thumbs up, the opposite way the thumb would be pointing. That's how you do the arm bar. So, like, you can bend a guy's arm all you want. If he's got his thumb pointing, let's say, east-west, and you're pulling north-south, it's not going to work. But if you adjust it, that's what Fedor would always do, adjust it, and then now you're pulling east-west, so which way his thumb is facing, that actually adjusts the joint. And does that. So he's either extremely tough, extremely double jointed, or or both. Um, or it uh it hurts, man. I'll tell you what, it hurts. It's not like you some stuff doesn't hurt as bad in a fight, but that looked like that was extremely uncomfortable to me, man. And just uh because he said I was gonna die if it's happening. Yeah. I, I I told you that when I fought that fight with my arm dislocated. I I literally would have died first. I was like, I'm not 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 losing to this guy. Like it, you know, like I just uh if I'd have uh, known I would pay for it the rest of my life, I would have thought differently, but Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. That's right. And there's no better place to get on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book and official partner of Major League Baseball. And guess what, people? New customers in Massachusetts get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. 
Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston. And finally, you can bet on all your favorite sports from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. I love it, okay? If I'm going to bet, I'm going to go on FanDuel. So now, bet on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your chance to get $200 of bonus bets. Win or lose. How great is that? Okay, visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and make every moment more. That's FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. You got to be 21 and older uh, and present in Massachusetts. Okay, your first online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable. And bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Help is here. So is hope. Hope and help. Gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. That's FanDuel. Check it out now. Right now. You want to bet? That's where you go. Yeah. So that, that was, uh, I mean, I was super fucking proud of the guy and you know, he, the guy, he ended up winning. Uh, yeah. and then, uh, speaking of Fedor, Fedor now wants to box Mike Tyson. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh God. I wonder if they'll ever let Fedor retire. Cause I don't think he's doing it because he loves it at this point. I think the Russian mob is like, dude, <laughs> this war is killing us. We need to uh, we need to scare up some more some more cash. I don't know. Uh, don't you find it amazing that they started taking Russian people's yachts and stuff in other countries just because they're from Russia? Like, have you seen that where they're just seizing their like a billionaire's yachts because he's Russian? So, like really? in in Spain, yeah, in Spain they just took one of their yachts, like a five hundred million dollar yacht, because they said that he's one of Putin's allies or whatever, like he's an oligarch. And so they just started like seizing their bank accounts and taking their stuff. It's just, uh, it's amazing, man. It's, uh, you would so, think we were in cold war the way they're acting, but it's crazy. So Dylan Dennis has agreed to box Logan Paul. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again. And I guess Logan Paul just got married and Dylan's been posting Logan's girlfriend making out with all different guys throughout the year. Uh, um, <laughs> And that's uh, as close to a fight as they'll come. They're not Logan even. Paul will kill Dylan Dennis in a boxing match. But absolutely, imagine, imagine Dylan just sleeps him. Uh, I mean, imagine yeah. the whole time Dylan's been like this great boxer. But I, you know, um, though this week, I, go on. Oh no, I'm just saying, Dylan Dennis. I don't think has he ever even has he had he's had two or three MMA fights. That's it, right? I don't think yeah, he's ever Bellator, Bellator. He's had 10 times as many canceled fights as he's had actual fights that happen. I don't know how you uh I I would have liked to have tried that gimmick if I could have thought of it back then. You just <laughs> never never retire, just keep pulling out over and over again. That would have been you know you don't amazing. get paid though. You don't get paid. Yeah. I, I don't know how he's I don't know how guys like can make a living. You know, does he just do seminars, I guess? I heard his parents like he comes from a lot of money. Oh, that might that might also be why he doesn't fight. He just does it as like a hobby and is able to uh, just he needs to start driving an Uber like me. That's uh, uh so Logan Storley is fighting Ward this week uh, in Bellator. They have a great event from South in South Dakota. It's actually an amazing event. 
Uh, Logan, is that built for 300, right? Is that their 300th show or something? I think so. Logan Storley is a badass, like four-time All-American, great wrestler. I think he was like a six-time state champ. He lost to Amazov, who that's how good Amazov is. Uh, and then Brennan Ward took five years off and won three in a row. But I think Storley takes him. Uh, do you know these guys? I know of them, but I don't know. I couldn't say I've seen them fight. Yeah, it's a, and I probably won't see them fight, even though it's Bellator 300. I'm sure it still won't be on any sort of easy to watch TV of any kind. And They're like, tall, well, Paramount Steve. Plus Plus. And then tall, tall, tall Steve is fighting. So is we gotta, he? Yeah, we got to root on Tall Steve. He's fighting Madowski. Uh, the first fight ended up in an eye poke. Madowski just lost to Linton Vassell, who's like this huge black British guy who <laughs> looks like a superhero. Uh, Dalton Rosa, he's actually, I wrote a joke about how like Bellator is like, you know, finding out a girl as a Harry Bush, like not my first choice, but I'm still going to do it. And then he writes back kind of like your comedy. I'm like, fuck you asshole. (laughs) Then the guy came to my show in Florida to like, my one show had like 11 people. Of course he's one of them. Right. I'm like, the other show had like 200 people. He didn't go to that one. But I, and I, I actually pointed that out. He was the best. He was the coolest fucking guy. Uh, he's fighting uh, he, uh, Aaron something, a uh, good fighter. It should be a good fight. Uh, Dalton Rosa is undefeated, and um, he's he's great. He's undefeated and great. Um, so how does that, when you do a show like that, was that like a Sunday night or something where there was only, if there's 200 one night and then 10 the next, or is it, it how's just, that work? It's just in one of those places that, like, for some reason they have this theater in Florida that no one knows when there's comedy. It's kind of like right. so. It's, right. so it's not like a regular yeah. show. So like they don't tell anyone that there's not like a comedy club, and it's right. just like it's sort of like if you know, you know. Um, and, and it just so happened if 250 people were coming, 230 came one night and 20 came the next or something. No, like that, that was at another spot at the at, in Boca and Boca Black Box. This one was at, at where they knew there was comedy. There's comedy every week of that. Oh, and okay. So it's like that I one. Did. I yeah. thought you said there was 200 at one show and 10 at the next show. Yeah, but like it was like in the same town. Ta- it was like a town over. So, oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, he yeah. kind of went to either. They were both very close. Uh, and then, then Bellator has this guy, Jordan Oliver. He's uh, he's buried on the prelims. It's his first MMA fight. The guy was an Olympian. He made the 2020 Olympic team, and he was a three-time national champion, three or four-time. He's in his early 30s, but he's a wrestling phenom. Like Jordan right. Oliver – is up there in these elite, elite, elite. And of course, I only know that because I was looking at the thing and I'm like, wait, not that Jordan Oliver. Kind of like when you were at Mark Hunt. And uh, so, yeah, he's fighting. I mean, maybe it's good they don't put any pressure on him and like they're just trying to get him to get a couple wins. But you would think, I mean, the guy has like almost as good, if not as good credentials as as Bo Nickel. And he made a fucking huge deal of Bo Nickel. So like, this is the example of like, I don't know what, okay. So Jordan Oliver wrestling, right? Like why wouldn't, like, why wouldn't Bellator make a big deal of this? Right. So the guy, I, I feel like, I honestly feel like Scott Coker's hands must be tied or something on some of this. Cause he's a good promoter, man. Like Scott Coker, you know, those tournaments they would do back in the day, man, like those grand prix and he Coker's got some good ideas, man. And they, uh, they sign some good young talent before the UFC gets to him. And I just don't, uh, I don't know if he's not, it doesn't have as much control, but whoever's running, it's got to be an idiot. And it's not Coker, oh, I don't think. So, okay, Jordan Michael Oliver, born in 1990, so he's 33, right? He graduated folk style, competes. He was, uh, he made, he was a 2020 U.S. Olympic team member, failed to qualify internationally after falling in the semifinals. He was also the 2019 U.S. national champion 
as a folk style wrestler, two-time NCAA champion, three-time finalist, and four-time Big 12 conference at Oklahoma State. I mean, those are pretty good right? I mean, right. Yeah, you, would think. You, you would think that somebody would tell somebody this guy's on the card, right? Like, right. But yeah, I mean, uh, or it's at least a spot on TV where no one's watching anyway. You might as well stick them on there. Like it. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know why they do what they do. I don't even know what they're on. Are they on Showtime still? What are they on? They're on, I don't they're know on CBS and Showtime. But uh, not the big CBS, right? Like they're not on real no, no, CBS. On the CBS, but only on like certain, uh, certain things, right? So yeah, I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't like tell people about this. Um, right. I mean, he he has a win over Zane Rutherford. <laughs> It's like uh, he's got a win in wrestling over. Uh, I'm looking at his wrestling. He beat Dean Noble. He he, he beat uh, he's beaten like just amazing guys. He has a win over Yanni, who Yanni was a great musician. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean the guy is. He beat Bryce Meredith. He beat Frank Molinaro. I mean he's beaten like Olympic guys. He's beaten some of the best guys in the world. But for some reason, they don't want to tell anyone that he's on their He's on the Bellator. He's the third fight in Bellator. Uh, right. uh, on it's on not even on Showtime. Like he's on the right. YouTube, on the YouTube part. <laughs> he's on the YouTube, and it's probably the part you got to probably YouTube premium that you have to pay for. Also, like put as many obstacles in the way as possible to see this guy fight. Uh, and the UFC, uh, not only is RDA fighting Luke, but Cub Swanson. They got him against this guy Hakeem, right? Uh, not the yeah. African Dream. The guy. The, by the way, <laughs> do you know that? By the way, you got to watch the Marty Janetti. Remember the Rockers? Yeah, it was Shawn yep. Michaels and Marty Janetti. So I right. guess they made uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Janetti came out this week, right? <laughs> and him and Shawn Michaels were out of control. Like they got in one fight where I guess Shawn threw him through a uh, through a window. And and then at the hotel, then Marty came back and beat him up and was pounding him in the face. And then that split up the Rockers. And Shawn Michaels became a big star. Janetti kept getting DUIs, DUIs, you know, drugs, this and that. So anyway, he admits to killing somebody, right? On 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 on, 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 on Facebook, he says a guy right. a guy that he worked with at the roller rink tried to rape him, right? So right. while he was, we've all been there. So while he was trying to be raped. Oh, not trying to be right. He was being raped. Uh, he, he took a rock and hit the guy with a rock and killed him. And then him and his and then him and his buddy threw him in the in like the river, right? And in Ohio. So he's then he says this was a wrestling storyline. He posted on right. Facebook, but he's not in wrestling when he says this, right? Right. So, so he says it's part of a wrestling storyline, but so but then the I guess the Toledo the police department said they have no, they never heard of this. They looked at the they looked at the lake. Like nobody ever was found, no one was ever missing. So people don't know if he's really kidding or not, or or if he's making up this story. They do like twenty minutes of this. Like I told you, a lot of the pro wrestlers they lose track of what's real and what's not in their real life. They get confused. But I'll tell you what: if I was ever going to commit a murder, the best place to do it would be at a Bellator event because no one's going to see it. Like there'll be no like like seriously, be no witnesses at all. Oh yeah. God! So uh, but. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, watch the Marty Janetti. Like, I, I definitely I'm watching that now since there's a roller rink that one, molestation murder. The 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 Doink the Clown one is pretty sad because so Doink was he was replaced by another clown who they just called Doink because no right. one knew it wasn't really Doink. 
Like the wrestlers right. knew, but the real doink kept getting in trouble for like steroids and this and that. Was it affirmative action and they brought in someone from the soul circus to replace him? It's a clown. They were like, we got to get some diversity in here. We're bringing in a, a clown from the soul circus. <laughs> no, but when they, I guess when WWE did, they didn't like Dusty Rhodes because he was the American dream. So they, right. they, they made Earthquake Akeem, the African dream. Right. A white guy. Like, Dress up in all African. I guess they could have been South African. Wasn't he also the one man gang? Yeah, he was the one man gang. Yeah, he was right. the one man gang. Became the African dream, and then they had like a like a dream off where they both started like dancing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've got to look that up immediately. Is that online? The dream off. Oh God, pro wrestling was so awesome back. I hate it now. I don't even know what they're doing now, man. This stuff that's going. I, I don't yeah. know what happened. Like it was so great in the nineties and like uh. Did you ever see the turkey, the uh, the the the, the gook? No. <laughs> so they say it's the worst thing that ever happened in, in pro wrestling, right? Um, yeah. So this, so for like a month, right? <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. For like a month, there's like an egg there, right? There's an egg, and no one knows why there's an egg. I guess it was like close to Thanksgiving. So, uh, it sounds oddly familiar. Keep going, but it sounds it's like ringing a bell now all of a sudden. So then, like the egg hatches, right? Uh, right. gook, and then it, a fucking turkey comes out and starts like breakdancing. Um, and like I thought it was gonna be, I thought it was gonna be Vince McMahon's midget son that came out of the egg. I really did. I thought you were gonna tell me that when he had a remember when he had a bastard son, Vince McMahon, that was a midget or something. I think anyway. he, pushed the, he pushed the guy down the he pushed the kid in a wheelchair, like asked for his autograph or something, and then he just pushed him. <laughs> no, that's great. Hold on, no, all right, I may have to find that one. <laughs> Hold on. Vince McMahon knows no, there is no line with that dude, man. Like he. Okay, wheelchair boy. Let me see if I can find it. Okay, so all right, hold on. Here we go. Hold on. You knew when I was promoting fights, I thought I was going to take the Vince McMahon route. I didn't realize Vince doesn't have to deal with the Athletic Commission. They did not like my antics at all, man. They did not like anything I had going on at my shows. So, so hold on. Okay, let's see, let's see if we, we can find this. So Vince McMahon, <laughs> hold on, here we go. <laughs> Dude, I, I tell my wife about the podcast. She's like, this is what you do. All right, hold on. So hold on. So, <laughs> all right, so I, I don't know the lead up to it, but. I don't think, I think it speaks for itself. <laughs> Vince McMahon, golly. The gobbly gooker. So they have like the this probably was the worst one, right? So this was like the dumbest. Okay, so this was like Thanksgiving. Things are really here at the Survivor Series, and you know when it's hold on. So finally, the egg. They have an egg. Sure, it had to hurt, but this egg is gonna hatch. as to what might be in the. It sounds to me right now the speculating foot in a world. Everyone's booing. Oh my God! Yeah, they did not like that. <laughs> what in the world is this? Holy! What? Uh, uh, give, go, what? What is with the gobbledy? The gobbledygook! Don't tell me you're the gobbledygooker! You've got to be kidding me! For some reason, I like how Mean Gene plays it straight. Like this is completely normal. That's an interview. This turkey. Like, for some reason, Mean Gene understands what he says. Right. You know what? It's like Chewbacca, like in Han Solo. Gobbledygooker's got a gun in here. I could bring him home. 
put him in my family. <laughs> they never told the difference, man. One more kid, one way or the other. Wait, wait. What's going on? Wait a minute. I don't know. Yeah, that was they. They said that was the worst moment in history of the, of of pro wrestling. Was there ever any reason behind it, or just was just a complete? No, no, it was a complete shit show. Uh, oh God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was terrible. They have. Like, I guess they're swinging a miss on that one, Vince. But um, all right. So this week, uh, Khalil Roundtree, he's the one that said "Shut up, mom" to his mom. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's fighting this week. Uh, the JP, they got JP buys back. So he was married to this woman, Cheyenne, and then she cheated on him or they broke up and got pregnant with her training partner. And uh, and everyone started, and then he refused to say that they were broken up. He seemed like a real nice guy, the guy, but like yeah. so now she's pregnant, but he's fighting again. Um, so he's fighting this week. Uh, JP buys. I'm happy he's back. Um, <laughs> I love how you always know the Jerry Springer backstory on everybody. It's like you got the, you're like the, uh, was that guy Perez Hilton that always knew what was going on in every celebrity's life or allegedly behind the scenes? Like you're, uh, you know, that every fighter. Like, I'll tell you what happened is his second child actually signed up to uh, become a uh, part of the Coast Guard. Like, I'm like, how do you know all this? Like, you know, the background of everybody. Uh, Cub Swanson's fighting against this guy, Hakeem. Hakeem is like this dude. I remember they're talking about him from Calgary. He's from Calgary. He's a monster. He, he's lost his last fight, but he's really good. Uh, he went to train with McGregor in Ireland for a while, but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't like it over there. Um, he's fighting Cub Swanson this week. Uh, also, and then that guy uh, Parisian. He's a guy that got humped by the black dude. Remember, like the guy tried to knock him out with his cup. I showed yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. He actually, I actually, <laughs> I posted the clip, and then he commented. He's like, "I was the guy underneath that guy going ref. What the fuck?" <laughs> the guy was like. How would you like to be known as the guy that got humped by the other guy's cup and got like almost knocked out by it? Like that's your that's your moment in time. Aren't you the guy that your face got humped by the guy's cup? You're like, yeah, that was that was me. And, uh, um, and then my this guy in the PFL, this guy Impa, he's the guy that um, remember the other guy caught his leg and did that crazy up kick to yeah. knock him out. So Impa was on the receiving end for that. He got cut by the UFC. I met him in Florida. He was a personal trainer to my friend from high school. Like that's how like what he was doing. And he and he went on the, on the contender series to join the PFL. Made it. Won his next three fights. He's one fight away from winning a million dollars. Wow, man, that's uh. Who's he fighting for the million? Do you know? Do they know yet? I don't know who he's fighting. I think he's fighting this guy. Uh, who's really good. Um, I think it's what's his name? Uh, Conan Silverius kid. Uh, Josh Silveria, uh, who's who's actually who's really good, but um, he's a guy's an animal. Um, it's odd when your dad's name is Conan and yours is your Josh. <laughs> Seems like a little like Josh the Barbarian. Seems like a little uh, little odd. I, you know, I think I finally figured out we were always talking about whose money is the PFL burning, but uh, in one of his interviews, Dana White said they've got some kind of Middle Eastern backers or whatever, which I mean, money to them is like water to me or you, you know what I mean? Like it. Crazy. It's nothing to them, but uh, that's I assume that's whose money they're burning because this giving away a million dollars every week to another fighter it seems like man it's crazy. And then they're gonna give uh, Jake Paul. They said they guarantee Nate Diaz ten million in the PFL if he would fight uh, Jake Paul in MMA like that. That deal should be done today. Like if I was him, I'd sign that today. You know, but, the Black Beast signed an eight fight deal with the UFC, which means he's gonna lose the next seven and win the eighth. 
Yeah, the, the thing that is, it's funny because they say you only have a one-fight deal with the UFC. A lot of people don't understand that. Your UFC contract, they can cut you at any time for any reason at any point. So for them to sign him up for eight fights is dumb because he's not guaranteed more than one. That's all. He's not guaranteed even that one. They can just cut him for that and not paying, too. That's what's uh, that's what's funny how they did Stephen Thompson, man. I think that is – I think that was dirty, man, with how well, they did Stephen Thompson. Dana said that the – it's a it's a more of a story. I think what happened was they offered him like two other guys, and he said no. Yeah, yeah. I and think they offered him like in a couple of weeks a fight to fight a couple of weeks instead. And Stephen Thompson's like thinking they're going to pay him for showing up and being on weight because they've done that when it's ten thousand dollars in the past, but they're not going to do that. Well, but he I, should I also, do. Yeah, but I also think like I understand their point of like, well, we, we've offered two more fights to save the card, and you say no. Why should we pay you? But he did his job. So right, and also Stephen Thompson's like lost like four to five or something. So right, and if, if he takes it and loses, they'll cut him anyway. So it's like if I, you know, the the way that the, they could have solved that is just give him his his fight and his win bonus, regardless. You know what I mean, or whatever. That's the way you could have fixed it because his win bonus is only a hundred thousand. So they could have said, you know, Ariel Hawani made a good point. Ariel Hawani said they've already sold all the pay per views, they've sold all the tickets. Stephen Thompson wasn't going to make that much of a difference of you know one way or another. So they all they did was just save you know, three or $400,000 is what they did. You know what I mean? Like it's not, uh, it, but I think they should, if they would offer Steven Thompson, his, his show and win bonus, and then go said, we go ahead and take the fight. You know what I mean? Like you'll get your win bonus, which is only a hundred thousand. I think he'd have taken the fight and take uh, if guys start going like, okay, I'll miss weight. You get the bonus and the win and then we'll split it. <laughs> so we, right. don't, yeah. we don't have to fight. <laughs> like that sounds like a pretty good scam. Like, Hey man, I'll miss weight. You get paid and we'll split it. Like, I don't think that would, I mean, they would get, obviously. But that, that'd be and then they're like, okay, let me talk to James Krause and just verify he's in on it. And we'll uh, <laughs> make sure James approves and we'll uh, we'll get it done. But uh, that's, uh, I'll tell you what, man, it's, I don't know if I told you that story. Maybe I shouldn't, but yeah, it's, uh, James was telling me about running sports books and how easy it is. I was like, dude, that doesn't sound completely legal to me, what you're talking about. You know, whatever goes, dude, who have you ever known that got caught? For doing that, it's like a couple people. Like I actually know a couple of people who got caught running sports books and got a guy was running a high school sports book, like for high school games here in Indianapolis. Dude, he got like five years in prison for people betting on high school games. They don't I was dealing with the UFC, not with Dana. Dana's the best, but I was dealing with the other people there about like you know, get my special and my comedy special. This one guy who just kept saying, like, why can't you be more like James Krause? You know, like James Krause is doing it right. You're and just went off on me and just kept saying how great James Krause was for the company right. and how and I <laughs> the guy and like three weeks later they're not even allowed to gamble in Canada like on the right. UFC. You know how much money that cost them in Canada when you can't gamble Dude. on something like when you're not allowed to when when a country bans you from gambling. Right. That's right. <laughs> You've done something wrong. That's a, uh, yeah, no, he, uh, like I said, he was talking to me. I mean, allegedly, like he was like, because he's, I, I was showing some bets I had won. I would always show only the ones I hit. I would never show the other ones I lost, you know, just to give yeah. people a hard time and rub it in. So I hit like a 30 to one parlay or uh, 51, something like that. It was only, I don't know, 50 bucks, only 2,500 bucks. But I hit 51 parlay by picking the entire main card, right? And uh, he hit me up and was like, hey, man, uh, you, you uh, know a lot of people that gamble. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, uh, quite a bit. He goes, you want to, if you want, I can uh, point the right direction. I know a guy that does sports books, like you want to set it up, you know, he'll split it with you, this and that or whatever. It was kind of like uh, he knew a guy, which is kind of like how Magnum PI, how the, how the guy that was his 
the Robin guy was actually the guy that was in charge of the island, but he had pretended to be the butler. I don't know. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Right, of I think it was one of those. I think it was one of those things. Like I know a guy that uh, oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, could set that up for you. But I was like, dude, that sounds like. Yeah, so it sounds like a that sounds like a federal indictment to me is what that sounds like. Like what we were talking about. He goes, dude, that's what he said. Whoever gets in trouble for gambling, I was like, I, a lot of people I know, like it's not a because yeah. he was like, it's legal, and I'm like, it's legal with a license. I don't think it's legal without one. You know, like, no, so. it's like selling drugs. It's like selling drugs versus at a dispensary versus getting caught selling drugs without it. Like right, yeah. Um, that's now, a, you know what's so funny about this mega millions. Have you seen the Powerball mega millions or whatever? It's up to one and three quarters billion dollars. And if you take the money up front, you get like $35 total by the time they take their taxes and their money out. But not that, but they, I think, but the taxes, if you take the money up front after they tax you, you get like 30% of the total jackpot. I'm so, like, it's it like, today. I didn't realize it was up that high. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it was a billion, a 1.5 billion last time I checked. I don't know if they did anybody the first one thing you can do when you win is change your number. <laughs> yeah, you better and get your kids under uh, security, 24-hour security, because I guarantee you there's some kidnapping or whatever. But I love the people that everybody that wins the lottery, they say it ruined their life. I'm like, no, that person ruined their life. They were just finally, when they won the lottery, they were able to do everything they would have done with money to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, uh, if, yeah, if you I ruin your life because you want. Well, maybe some people shouldn't have money. No, it's, it's, it really does. It it allows certain people to do things they would never otherwise never have access to. You know what I mean? So that's like, oh, money ruined him. I'm like, no, he ruined himself. Money just gave him the ability to like do it. Mayhem won the lottery. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that would be uh, golly. He probably would be in jail. You'd have a lot better lawyers, I would guess, for when he gets in trouble. But That's the only thing. Um, now, uh, finally, Ben Askren, right? So he has a new podcast with Cormier. Um, does he? And he talked about he really wants this fight with Masvidal. He goes, what he's scared of is being embarrassed, right? I'll pull his hair. I'll rub his face in the ground for 15 minutes and leave Matt Burns there. Like, <laughs> what? That's a, I don't know what they call that, but it sounds like to, they should title it like two really boring wrestlers. It's like it should be the title of the podcast. Like, I'm going to pull his hair? Like, why? Right. Like, that's why? Like, who wants to see that? He goes, there's a lot of fears we have in life. We as men, we have a lot of fears. I'll tell you what I'm scared of. And then he says, uh, I'm scared of sharks. Uh, I don't mess with them, right? Masvidal, he's not scared of a fight. He's scared of a, uh, he's scared of being embarrassed and losing. Uh, that's right. What scared of. Um, but I mean, look, I would love to see Ben Askren get that fight because right. that is that was one of the I was depressed. I was so depressed. Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley came to my show when they were both, when Woodley was a champion and Askren just went to the UFC and we took a picture and Askren's like, yeah, man, we're going to be like the NWO of, 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 <laughs> of, of the UFC. And, 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 and then I, we, me and Askren did that like video baby shark do 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 right. For the awards. Yeah. And Askren is like fighting in a half an hour. Right. And I text him like, Hey man, good luck with your fight. And he's like, our video got 20 million views right so i'm like hey you know what's gonna get, are, are, you know what's gonna get more views you beating up masvidal right like like right. i'm trying to steer him back into that he goes no i don't think the ufc would post it if i and i'm like bro like, <laughs> <laughs> that was before he fought masvidal half an hour before he's fighting masvidal. half an hour he's texting me about the views on the baby shark thing so i i, I call woodley and i'm like bro his head wasn't into it man like he goes, no, right. that was, he goes, no, that's exactly how he is. He goes, we used to be in college and he'd be sitting on the sidelines and they'd be like, Hey Ben, you're, you're up now. 
And he would just be like, oh, shit, and go and pin the, the number one guy in the country. Like, huh. like, I guess that was his process is not caring at all. Right. Yeah. Relaxing. That's what I decided when I fought. My least favorite part of it was the day of the fight. Just the dread you feel all day long. You know, it's kind of like when your dad was going to spank you when you're a kid. You're waiting for him to get home from work, you know, yeah, for those of you that were abused. But uh, no, when you knew you were going to get a spanking or whatever. But the dread of it. And then I finally realized one day that it's just something you have to go through. There's just no, there's no, and every minute you can spend watching TV or doing anything, but stressing out about it is a, you know, a minute you're not suffering. But uh, if it weren't for that, man, like it, that's the, for me, the absolute worst part of the fight was the waiting. And especially in the locker room, just sitting there waiting, you know, not knowing, is it 10 minutes? Is it 20 minutes? And you always feel like you just want to get it over with until it's time to fight. Then you're like, no, no, I need 10 more minutes. That's how I always felt. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I just need 10 more minutes to make sure I'm warmed up. Right. So it's, uh, I hated it, man. The stress when is unbearable. When I did Leno, unbearable. my, my armpits were sweating so bad. They had to blow dry my fucking armpits. <laughs> That's how much I was sweating. It was, it was fucking terrible. That's crazy, man. It's, uh, I know when I walked out to fight, uh, Stephen Strew, Dana White came up to me and said, you know, this is your shot, right? And I'm like, what? I was already felt like I was going to pass out, you know, and because uh, uh, it was a Cobain event and uh, I hadn't slept, literally had not slept more than an hour or two that entire week because I had, I didn't know you could say no to interviews. Like I didn't know I could say no. So I was doing stuff at 6 a.m. for Spanish radio and doing stuff at midnight for something else. And anything they would send my way, I would just do it. And then um, I'm cutting weight. And there's no food there. Like the only place to eat was at the hotel it was a blizzard. So we were snow, like snowed in. Of course, my whole team expects me to pay for everything. So I'm in like four grand on feeding everybody. And I'm only getting paid 10,000 for the fight. I got to pay for everybody's hotel rooms and their, you know, like their food. And they're like going out and putting it on my, you know, putting it on my room. That's why I started telling people they had to pay their own way on cornering me. You know what I mean? Or whatever. I was like, dude, you're going to pay your own way. If you, if you want to come get your own room, why am I paying for it? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what to tell you, but um, yeah, it's, uh, that's why I love when, um, what's his name? Mike, uh, Oh my gosh, the bare knuckle, Mike Perry. Yeah, Mike yeah, Perry yeah. said he's going to start charging for people to be in his corner. He said they have a lot more to gain than I do being on TV, you know, as a trainer or whatever. But um, yeah, I remember uh, Dana, I'm, I already felt like I'm going to pass out before the fight from the stress. And Danny goes, This is a chance to change your life. You know, if you win this, we're going to make you, we're going to put our marketing team behind you. You're going to be a superstar, you know, or whatever. He's like, Finish him in the first, I'll give you the bonus, like $100,000 bonus. You know, if you finish him in the first round, like I'll give you whatever. I was just like, Dude. Like I felt like I was gonna pass out already walking out. I really felt like I was gonna pass out walking out there, you know. So nobody had a worse corner than Mayhem when he had Matt Harwich be his corner. Mayhem, yeah. he misses weight by thirty four pounds, right? And he, he gets on the <laughs> oh, he scale, almost got it. And then he takes off his his his, his, his boxers and goes back on, like that's gonna make a ching. <laughs> so they get, he only went to miss by thirty three. And he's supposed to fight. He's supposed to fight Luke Barnett, right? And the whole time he's making videos saying he's fighting Josh Barnett. Like, like, right. joke, like Josh <laughs> Barnett, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like he does, like he has, and then he has Matt Harwich in his corner and Matt Harwich is reading the Bible. Like during the, during the fight, he's reading the Bible. <laughs> reading it to him or just while the fight was going on? <laughs> while the fight was going on. <laughs> oh gosh. That's uh, looking for guidance. Oh man. People are something else, man. The best was that, uh, who was it? The guy that he wore the, uh, he wore the bikini briefs or whatever to fight in. And then Dana gave the guy a bonus for getting oh, it off that TV. Is that is home. Yeah. He said he gave the other guy a bonus, but he gave bonus just for getting those shorts off TV as fast as he could or something. That was was that Volkman? I think it was Jacob Volkman. And, uh, and then Volkman then called out Obama and then the secret service. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Volkman's awesome. I didn't even know he was a UFC fighter. Have you ever met him? He yeah. is the, 
He seems like an accountant or something. You know yeah. what I mean? I think he's a chiropractor or something. Like he's the no, quietest. He, now he has a tree cutting company. He's the quietest. I will say nerdy, but the quietest, nicest guy ever. And I thought he was somebody's corner, like somebody's like coach or corner man. And then we're talking to him and I said, wait, you're Jacob Volkman. He was like, yeah, yes. Yeah. And I didn't know that. And he was like, uh, he just, I mean, just seemed like a, uh, not the kind of guy you thought would be a fighter talking to him. Not at all. He got fired from his job that time because he called out Obama and then the secret service came to his school. <laughs> And like, I think that was, I think he, yeah, I think he got fired because he was a chiropractor and he said that the Obamacare, they wouldn't pay for his chiropractic service anymore. Like he lost a bunch uh, of money. So that's what he was saying. He wanted to fight Obama next because he is his insurance. The Obamacare killed his chiropractic uh, practice or whatever. And they took it serious, man. Like how you can threaten to kill, you can threaten to kill Trump publicly and there's no problem whatsoever. You know what I mean? Or whatever. But if it's right. anybody else, they go crazy. Oh, well, Vince Pichel kept calling out, what's his name? Uh, Gavin Newsom. Did he? <laughs> I think he's going to be your, from what I'm hearing, he's going to be the uh, candidate, not Biden, for uh, 2024. That's what everybody's telling me. That I know a couple guys that are deep into politics, like kind of high up in the Republican Party, and they said they're going to they're gonna fake uh, some sort of illness, or maybe not fake it, With the, they're going to have Biden resign with six months left, let Kamala have her six months in, office is the first female president have her walk away and then put gavin newsom and that's the supposedly that's the inside story so that would not shock me at all that wouldn't shock me at all it'll be uh it'll be interesting i just wonder how much longer they'll let trump live because i don't think it's much longer yeah. i think he's going to get taken on a slow uh convertible ride through a dallas uh dallas uh pavilion or plaza is what i think here pretty soon and uh well this podcast has been entertaining <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come I on. Guess. Uh, it entertained yeah. me. Uh, hell, fuck yeah, it has. I uh, hope you have a great weekend. Love you, Sean. You're the best. All right. Love you, buddy. See you, man. Take care.